Broncos superstar Billy Graham and the Hulkster all in it. Can you imagine that? No, I can't imagine that. But I'd rather watch this video than listen to your lousy voice for one more second. Let's take you now to the world premiere of Power Driver. Hey guys, what's going on? I'm Russell. And I'm Kevin. And this is my movies better mania. Dun, 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 dun. Welcome to Madison Square Garden. Um, he might just go in later and, and add. <laughs> yeah, I could do that. The actual stuff I'll for put that. It over me doing that. <laughs> so this <laughs> is a podcast where I pick a movie for Kevin. And I pick a movie for you, Russell. <laughs> I don't say that again. I'm going to hold on. We'll, this is take like the third two. week in a row we had to take do a second take. You ready for that? And I pick a movie for you. No, do you, wait. I have oh, to, you I have, have to, to do it first. Throw the, I have right. to lob ball to you. Got ready? Lob. Lob away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I, I pick a movie for Kevin. And I pick a movie for Russell. And we have a new theme every week. And this theme is movies with wrestlers. Yes. The theme is My Movies Better Mania. That's what we're calling it. Uh, but yeah, movies with wrestlers in the lead role or supporting roles. Um, and we did this because we have a lot of wrestling friends, a lot of wrestling nerd friends, a lot of referee friends, promoter friends, people who work for Vince McMahon. We know a lot of wrestlers and, yes. and wrestling-related people, and we have a, a group dedicated to this. So we felt it's our fifth episode. It's time we dive into to wrestling. Uh, and so I... Uh, chose a movie for Kevin called Suburban Commando. Uh, ironically, I did not know that Hulk Hogan was a wrestler the first time I saw this because I was, you know, really young. Mm. And, you know, um, and Kevin picked. I picked the movie The Chaperone, starring Triple H. Yes, uh, and the fans picked Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle. Of all the rock movies, that's the one they wanted us to watch. Yeah. Uh, probably because it's the only rock movie that we didn't see. Uh, yeah, pretty much. But we'll address that at the end of this episode, uh, this whole we-didn't-see part yes. of the, the show. Uh, with that said, here's the very sweet intro that Kevin made specifically for this week. Enjoy. From Madison Square Garden, the World Wrestling Federation presents... My Movie Better. Mania... Woo! Welcome everyone, Gorilla Monsoon here at ringside with my colleague Jesse the Body Ventura as the World Wrestling Federation presents the wrestling extravaganza of all time. My movie, Better. Enjoy it folks, and right now... Adventure. <laughs> Excitement. <laughs> Welcome to my movie's My pick was 1991's Suburban Commando, starring Hulk Hogan of the WWF, uh, directed by Burt Kennedy. Who? I don't know. <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't Alan Smithy? Who? What? Oh, you don't know the Alan Smithy thing? No. Oh, we're not going to get into that right now. I'll tell you about it later. All right, we're It'll well, take then. too long to describe it. In the meantime, let's give him the trailer. Here's the trailer for Suburban Commando.
Not just out. Blue sky, plenty of sunshine. Shit. Shit, what have you done? Uh, nothing. When it comes to intergalactic confrontation, it'll take me six weeks to recharge. What am I gonna do for six weeks? No one can beat Chef Ramsay. I hate Earthlings. Suburban Commando. Both are smartass. Use your phasers. Then launch photon torpedoes. What? Bounty hunters. Wait a minute. Shut up. Antifreeze. There was this evil tyrant named Suter. Planned to rule the universe. Had a lot of devoted followers. Swore they'd follow him even after death. I gave him the chance. You know, Charlie, I spend more time saving worlds than I do living in them. You know, for a big guy, you kind of light on your feet. Have a nice flight, camel breath. No wonder you guys never talk. Game over. You lose. Hey, dude, how about a bomb pop? Whoa! Tell your mom to keep practicing. <laughs> Thanks. Get a goldfish. Get now, get now. Now's the time for the little vacation to clear the mind. Get now, get now. Like heaven on earth, simple but so, so nice. All right, so fucking suburban fucking commando dude mm. that was the movie that you had me watch this week as we just heard from the trailer this is a movie that featured the so-so and very wooden acting of one if not the greatest one of the greatest pro wrestlers of all time or at least most popular hulk hogan aka terry Bo bolea is that how it's said mm -hmm. yeah terry yeah. bolea um, and I would describe this movie as a space warrior alien who has to take a vacation on Earth and discovers that the 90s are just a really wild time or something. Um, because that's basically what this movie's about. It's, it's, Hulk Hogan is like a space bounty hunter. I guess no. He's a uh, he's a commando. He's a commando. So <laughs> he's um, but there's there's bounty hunters that work for the crazy bad guy. Right, right. But but like he's like a I guess so he's like a space super. He's like I guess he would be like a character in a in a '90s Saturday morning cartoon. He's just like yeah space hero. He's like Star Fox. Right, but they never like say what organization he works for. Like that guy yeah. who sends him on vacation. It's not. I don't know who he is or where he's from. Yeah, he's he tried. <laughs> he tries to save the president and fails in the very first scenes. There's like a evil guy, General Souter, a sadistic, egotist, homicidal maniac. Which is the names? I, I can remember. Names. I can remember most of the names. Okay, so his name is Shep Ramsey, mm -hmm. and into that one. Yeah. So General Souter is. Uh, general of a space army of some evil nature, which, and this is a weird thing. Did you notice how all the guards had like white ponytails and like the bad guys, his like stormtroopers? Yeah. No. They all had like fucking white ponytails on as part of their costume. I don't know what that was all about. <laughs> but, um, so the, he, this president, who again, this was all so vague that I didn't actually know what was going on until I read the Wikipedia. Very short Wikipedia plot synopsis. 
There's yeah. a, like president of some space nation and he's been captured by General Suter and General Suter's interrogating him and then Ship Ramsey busts in, says a couple one-liners, beats up some guards and then fails to save the president because the president like shoots yeah. General Suter and he turns into a giant lizard and Ramsey has to make his escape by blowing up the ship. The president, I think, threw an envelope Yes. At the bad guy and cut his he arm off. Through a what you could describe as a ninja star just, yeah, envelope. But, but it was it was just an envelope. It was just a square envelope. And he, right. he threw it ninja star style and it chopped his arm off and made a lizard arm grow. Right. And and uh Yeah, I'm not really sure what that was. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's a lot of this in this movie. Um but so now Ramsey's back on his ship and he's being told by I don't know his boss whoever this guy is. Like, you you're overworked. Yeah. All right. You put a lot of stress on yourself. He's like, listen here, brother, dude. I'm not. And, and it's like and he smashes his fucking yeah, he console. Fucks this thing up and it's like you clearly are right. Really overworked, but at the same time, that's your concern right now mm. is that uh, he's a little overworked. Not that he just got the president fucking killed. Totally great point. And that point. some guy is growing a lizard arm. Mm, mm, Come on. Totally great and valid point. Take six weeks. You let a president die. We, we need we need you to go away for six yeah, weeks. Yeah, he so flippantly mentions that the president just died. He's like, oh, the president, you know, you couldn't save the president, though. Yeah, he couldn't do it. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> so, uh, and also, the, the, the whole thing of Ramsey smashing the console. And, you know, from now on, he's Hogan or Hulk. He's just Hulk. Yeah. Uh, so when Hulk fucking smashes the console... Mm-hmm. And it starts this long-running, uh, I guess you could say trope or theme in this film, which is Hulk Hogan versus all forms of technology. He yep. breaks and smashes. He he destroys three cars in this yeah. film. Three separate cars. That's another thing At too. Is they don't. It's crazy to me that they don't mention how he's like a super strength. Mm-mm person too no they don't mention maybe it's earth's gravity there's the science of earth's gravity well because he's got like a super suit but he's also like super strong anyway so i don't know his background is so nothing in this movie that it's just like he's a big guy he's from space and he's really strong yeah he wears a a robot suit yeah most of the time and he has a mean skull Mm. going on and and so like we said he's now got to go on vacation and he hates earthlings and since he smashed his console he now has to land on earth uh, at least that's how it was described i think in the synopsis like, yeah it's like well, first of all how first, does he know about earthlings he seems to know nothing when he shows up exactly like, what is this place he doesn't like it but at the same time he knew what he was getting himself. Is there like Earthlings that are are living on spaceships and other planets, like right, Star Lords right. out there or something? Or like has he have like? Well, and the other thing is they're all humans. They're all like humanoid. They're yeah. yeah the the bad guy turns into a lizard guy, but he has a humanoid form. The president right. that died is a human or looks like a the general human. is a human. Obviously Hulk Hogan. He's not green or something in the movie. He just yeah. looks like Hulk the Hogan. Undertaker. Right. You'd be like, wouldn't that be the best place for you to go anyway? Because you would immediately fit in. Even though people would be like, oh, that guy's big. It'd be like, yeah, but he looks like a human being, not a crazy alien. He kind of looks like a pro wrestler. Yeah, just a little bit. A little bit. So isn't that guy trying to kill him, too? At at that point, I'm going to cut this out. At that point, I'm going to put in the thing from Mr. Nanny where it's like, oh, how'd you know it was a pro wrestler? (laughs) But, um, 
But so he gets, he get, comes down to earth, and I think, I think it's kind of inter, that is interspliced with your introduction to Christopher Lloyd and, uh, and, uh, Shelley, um, oh my god, Duvall and their family. Uh, just because I didn't want to Google anybody. Okay. Uh, I wanted to go into this asking these questions. Is that the lady from The Shining? Yes. I thought so. Yes. That is... I've never seen her in anything. The joke I made in the notes was, uh, uh, Shelley Duvall presented by Xanax in this movie. She is very drugged up and, yeah, oh, you, you watch it again and just go back to her scenes. Uh, there's something weird going on. Again, I could be wrong. Maybe she's not on drugs, but I do know she had ever to, since we mentioned the shining, uh, Stanley Kubrick mentally tortured her. Oh, I knew that much. As most of our listeners will probably have heard that as well. Um, and she never, she was like an up and coming star and she never recovered from that. And so it's really sad. And in this movie, she's in the movie for like all of three scenes, maybe. Um, and doesn't really do all that much. It's really all on. Christopher Lloyd. It's it's a Christopher Lloyd uh, Hulk Hogan vehicle, and that will bring me to a little piece of trivia for you. Did you know that this movie was written for two other actors who are of way different statures and look, who took a different movie that would be way more famous than this movie instead of this film? And that would be Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. Who uh-huh. did Twins yeah. instead of this movie. Well, I'm glad they did Twins. Me too. Even though that's pretty bad too, it's way better than this. No it's, offense to everybody twins. who liked this I love movie. Twins. I don't care. Oh yeah, no Twins is good. It's just not it's not like, you know, critically. Appreciated. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't say it's critically like acclaimed. this movie, which yeah. which is like right, so you go to Rotten Tomatoes or go to anything that's like a professional uh, critic <clears throat> standpoint mm-hmm. review. It got 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. But then when you go to IMDb and all the other scoring systems right. for just general audience, 85% of the people who watched it loved it. Exactly. Well, and yeah, like I was looking for, uh, I was looking at like reviews online on uh, Amazon earlier, yeah. and they were all over three star. And basically the same thing, like, I like this movie, or my kid liked this movie. Um, it's a very bad movie, but yes. it's, it's a great movie. Um, also at this point, uh, you heard it in the trailer, um, but also at this point is the first time you hear this fucking reggae song, and you really start to be introduced to just how weird the soundtrack of this fucking movie is. The soundtrack is ridiculous. It has, like, a reggae song, it has, like, classical music, it has fucking, uh, uh, like, the, the main theme is, like, a, a beat bo- b-boy, like, hip-hop yeah. Song like Hogan, yeah, on it. yeah, it is the, the weirdest the soundtrack I think I've ever heard. Like, he was okay to live there, but he didn't want a vacation there, but then he hated it. Check it out, see the point of the song? Missing. Yeah, pretty He's much. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a nice. I'll live there, brother, but I won't <laughs> visit. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice place to visit, but I wouldn't want to live. No, it's the opposite way. It's a nice place to it's a nice place to live, but I wouldn't want to visit. Is what. And then Which goes, is doesn't make any no, sense. No, it, they're definitely subverting the old line, but. <laughs> Stupid. But so. uh... Yeah, and he, um, Hogan goes, uh, it, well, first he crash lands in, like, a abandoned garage, which is another thing about 80s and 90s movies, like, movies that are on that 80s, 90s cusp, especially, which this one is, I think it was 1990, mm-hmm. um, 
this <laughs> there's like abandoned places where people can hide shit because literally no one will ever go there and, the, and no one questions it in the movie yeah. so he hides a spaceship in like a, some abandoned place just a warehouse right which if you're from lynn the old waterworks right but which later on we'll mention is not something that like people go in there at yeah, least people do rape. in the yeah exactly well <laughs> yeah we'll get to that that's not funny but you know what I mean like that's, that's, I don't understand we'll get to that when we yeah. get to that particular scene because this is a kids movie this uh, all three of these movies are kind of kids movies but the other two are a little bit more young adult they have some more they have some jokes that are that make them PG-13 mm-hmm. maybe not the chaperone but definitely Jumanji um but this movie is like 100% I think a kids movie um but yeah, so Hogan takes a stroll down the street in in his fucking armor. Yep. And um, he he helps a lady having trouble at a soda machine by smashing it once again, attacking technology. Yeah. Um, and then fucking sees a sign on like a, a a telephone pole that says there's an apartment for rent. Oh wait, no, I'm sorry, I missed one key thing here. First, he sees a dog in a hot car. And a man who <laughs> get the dog to shut up. But the, the guy is like the typical eighties like henchman. He's got like yeah. he's fat and tall and he's got long, long hair and a beard and like a sleeveless shirt and cargo pants on. Like if you've seen T two Judgment Day, he's who uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger beats up for his clothes. He, that's a really good point. Oh yeah, that's that's pretty much who he is. No, it's actually I'm not kidding, that's the same and, actor. And it is? Oh my god. No, I'm just fucking with you. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're about to blow my mind with that one. But so Like what and, I would have had him on an effort. And in broad daylight, Hogan which, I mean, everybody would want to help the dog, but Hogan assaults this man, takes his clothing, and, and, and goes off on his merry way. He rents out an apartment in Christopher Lloyd's house. Christopher Lloyd is a struggling architect who works yeah. for a firm, and his boss is stealing all of his ideas. His boss is Larry Miller. Yep. Who, you might not know his name, but you should, because you've definitely seen him in, like, a thousand things yeah. from the 90s. Yeah. Uh, how many uh, uh, people have you uh, have you uh, talked down? I mean, is there a... Well, they always jump. I've got news for you. It's a little secret from the trade. They all jump. But today we have a tough one. There's a guy, he jumps. Uh, it doesn't bother me. It happens all the time. But you see, you think they drop like rocks. They don't. He hit a gargoyle on the way down. And this guy gets his head caught in the gargoyle's mouth. The head pops off like a grape. The body continues to spin down like a really gig. When they hit, everything pops out. It's like a pinata. The intestines, like they're spring-loaded. And you might even, just from listening to that, you might even recognize him. His, you might see yeah. his face in your he mind. He plays the exact same character in every single yeah, movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, uh, yeah, Shep moves in and continues to not understand how humans work at all. Like, for instance... Uh, I found these. Yeah, he, he, like, lifts the, the children kids. up. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, what are the... Yeah, I found these things. <laughs> and uh, and there was also the thing where... Because um, oh, I got to mention before, the, there's another little thing about this whole apartment. So they have, like, a in-law apartment, like, building off that's not... Yeah, it wasn't an apartment. She turned into an apartment to help relieve the stress of him not being right. able to get... Uh, a raise. But think about how this movie played out. He leaves for the day, 
right? It has the scene where it, it keeps having these bookend scenes where he's like missing a light and everybody else is driving through it. Yeah. And uh, like showing how he can't make decisions and shit. And uh, he's like spineless. And so he leaves, goes to work, has the scene with Larry Miller and leaves, you know, pre- presumably goes out the be- rest of his day, right? When it comes back to him, he's come home. In the morning was when the movie started, basically. He's in his workshop, and all there's all this shit around. By the time he got home, Shelly fucking Duvall furnished a complete apartment and yeah. got all of his shit out of the way. Like Shoved it all into a closet mm-hmm. and, and made a full-on apartment. I was like, wow, the 90s really were like a great economic time. <laughs> you could just do that. Yeah. Even when they're always complaining about money. But so, uh, yeah, Hogan moves in and uh, starts... Doing lots of weird stuff, like there's a scene where he assaults a paperboy by throwing uh, something at him and knocking him into a bush after the paperboy throws the paper at him. He also yep. tries to stab the mailman. Yeah. Um, a couple of things like that where he's just Beat up like, a mime yeah, oh, okay, times. yeah. There's this mime that he keeps running into. The mime and the cars are the things that he runs into the most because there's the scene where he fucks up the. Uh, the the fucking car that he's like walking down the street at night and there's like a car alarm going off and he like rips that the car, car alarm is like is like begging for mercy yeah exactly please please don't hurt me yeah um it's like, what the what he also uh, he obviously he attacks the fucking the kids who like drive around the neighborhood too fast he like flips their car over and rips the door off yeah. and then later on near the end of the movie he rips the door off of fucking Christopher Lloyd's car because like he's not going fast enough. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so he also runs with this mime about three or four times in the movie, and the first time he's like, oh, you're, you must be trapped in some sort of invisible wall, uh, I'll save you, and punches the dude straight in the face, like, like, punches him like 40 feet, this poor yeah. man. And then is, is, <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what do you, you just blatantly punched him in the face, even if you did break through an invisible barrier that none of us saw. Hogan's character in this movie is an enigma. I swear to God, he goes back and forth from being incredibly stupid to incredibly mean to, like... Like, it's like in some scenes he's like that, where he, like, completely seems to... And I can't tell if it's supposed to be played as, oh, I just punched you in the face, or it's supposed to be played like he really doesn't get it. Because yeah. most of the time he gets a lot of the shit that's going on. Like, mm-hmm. he seems to have... A, acclimated to a lot of things in the human world on earth pretty simply but uh so in in this time he like we said he uh he's like walking around at night and that's when he runs into the the car and rips it apart and uh christopher lloyd starts following him so hogan um he eventually he starts to i guess just decides because he's bored he's gonna start like solve he's gonna start uh stopping crime at night so like this lady gets her purse stolen and hogan comes running up with the guy on his shoulders and dumps him into yeah. a i don't even think that was him dumpster. like looking to stop crime he was just running to his spaceship that's he was just jogging to a spaceship he and he he stopped a bunch of crimes on the way because that's how and it he works. does that weird jogging in place thing in that scene. I didn't know what the fuck was going on with that, but I was like, He's okay, exercising. Yep. And uh, so Christopher Lloyd eventually follows him back to the the place where the spaceship is. And he finds out that he's got all this technology in the spaceship. And there's also early because earlier in the movie he also breaks into the apartment and he finds a gun and ends up blowing up his neighbor's fucking car by shooting it by accident, like not realizing it's like a space gun, laser gun, whatever. Yeah. Um, 
And so while he's in there, he discovers this suit, and because it's been kind of established that he's like an adventure type character, he uh, decides to put the suit on. Then, as we mentioned earlier, he hears something, and he goes well, out no, no. and... Okay, he go ahead. He... he... He hears what's happening outside the spaceship, then he, right? Which is a, a weird, like Biff and Back to the Future type situation where it's like these two like guys that just look like street guys. We're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got you. <laughs> and she's like, please no, and they're like, oh yeah, but they don't say what they're gonna do to her. They're just dragging her into right. this abandoned building, and he sees that, and then he looks around, and he looks at the suit, and he puts the suit on because he's gonna use the suit to try to save the day, right? But like we mentioned earlier, like heavily implying some some pretty very some very dark themes that you would not I would not expect in a kids movie. I was like, what the fuck there is going on? There was a whole bunch of kids movies in the '90s and the '80s where some back alley dude would like pull out a switchblade on like a woman. Right. Well, like, give me your purse. That was the lady. Thing. If they were like, if they had, if they had showed the scene a little differently, like. Like, it shows them, like, just add yeah, a line where bugged. they're like, we're gonna, yeah, we're taking your money. Like, like or something, make it like a mugging scene. It would, it was just the fact they're, like, dragging her into this location. You're like, okay, there's only one thing, and it's... Yeah. And immediately when I was watching, I was just thinking, like, uh, they were way too, like, flippant to about mention, stuff like I, this. I, this isn't, like, I'm not trying to insinuate that she, her profession by what she was wearing. But she was wearing very much like what you would dress a '90s mm. actress in if she was playing like a like, '90s like, prostitute. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to say that. No, no, but being, you're totally right. She she it, like that's was wearing was, like her, her hair a certain way, and she had like her eye makeup was done a certain way, and it was like one of those right, like, and like a mini like, every skirt. '90s movie she would walk up to the car and go, "What what are you doing right. out here?" kind of thing, and and I think that's what was happening. Like so, they're about to beat and rape a hooker in a right. kids movie, but. Is that for just the adults that are watching to understand, or I think it's just to because honestly, it would make more sense if they just. It's like because they're not ever getting to the point where they're mentioning what they're doing. They just didn't ever think of that because it's just a kids' movie, and and the obvious thing that even the kids already know is that it, like everything's going to be fine. Yeah, and Basically, also the, the bad guys are just going to be real mean to this lady. Right, and so. The bad guys, uh, he he epically fails. First of all, he ends up getting shot, but like in the armor, yeah. and then gets his his gumption up and knocks these guys on their ass. And that's when I realized that the true suburban commando was fucking Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, it's not Hogan, because even though so like again to kind of wrap up the plot points that happen after this, it's pretty much formulaically leads to the end of the movie as you would expect. Christopher Lloyd gets his balls. Yeah, but also uh, I don't want to gla- 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 glaze over this one thing because there is one other cameo in this film which we you did mention them earlier, but we didn't mention who they were or who one of them is. Gong. So some bounty hunters get sent after him, correct? With freeze guns. Mm-hmm. And one of these bounty hunters, who they had names in the... I was wrong. They didn't have freeze guns. The guys oh, yeah, that were going to yeah, rape yeah, the yeah. lady got Stole the freeze gun. Stole the freeze gun, yeah. <laughs> they like, robbed a bank with a... Yeah, yeah that's know. in oh, that's weird. in the trailer, too. There's a scene where you'll hear Hogan saying antifreeze. There's a thing where, yeah, they freeze Hogan yeah, and, and he drinks... drank antifreeze, so that's why he can't be frozen. Right. If that's what you tell kids in a kids movie... Right. If you drink antifreeze, yeah. our space weapons won't do anything to you. <laughs> so these bounty hunters show up. One of them 
is played by the legendary Big Red, the Booger, Booger Red himself, Booger. <laughs> The Undertaker, Mark the, Cal- Mark the Undertaker Calloway. Mm-hmm. And uh, they come down, they have a big chase slash fight slash whatever scene with them until it's revealed that they have little baby voices. Yeah. <laughs> and Nogan's like, oh, that's why you guys never talk. Yeah. Um, which I was super let down by that because I was really waiting for Undertaker to say something in the movie, but... Like, Suburban Commando. Yeah. I just saw a Triple H. Yeah, yeah, that, that actually was a really it's good like, Triple rest H. Impression. In peace. Yeah, you gotta kind of. Like, he yeah. has a little. I can only say "rest in peace" and sound like Undertaker. It's like he has a little bit of Texas, but it's not a yeah. Texas accent. It's same thing with Shawn Michaels, but again, I mean, this they, is... they are from Texas. Well, yeah, but but they don't they don't have like a pronounced. The Undertaker was born accent. in Houston, Texas, in the mm. year 1964. Nice. Was I'm pretty sure play? that's exactly right, and you can Google it. I'm I think positive that's what it is. Shawn Michaels is from San Antonio, or was he yeah, he old because from... you gotta remember the Alamo. Yeah, exactly. But so, uh, in the end, Shep starts to learn that he needs to, to man up. And that's through his time hanging out with Hulk Hogan, because they become buddies. Yeah. And Hogan's, because, like, all right, he has some neighbors, uh, Christopher Ledman, who are causing him shit. A whole bunch. They park their cars in front of his driveway and stuff. Hogan, like, that's when he starts to realize, like, hey, this guy's not so bad. And the way he's being treated by everybody sucks. And his, like, natural need for justice steps up. And so they and then kinda, he hit him with the boot, right. brother. <laughs> hit him with the boot. He, he hit the ropes, Jack, well, and he came down with a leg yep, drop, brother. He doesn't do a leg drop, but he does do a clothesline and maybe like a, a he back, did a backdrop, a backdrop. Yeah, he didn't do a backdrop. He did the one where you like kind of lift him up halfway for a German, mm. like for the side German, mm-hmm. and then kind of tossed him through a table. Right, like right. Him. I forget what that's called. There's a name for it, but it's like for not a non wrestling nerd. Sorry to <laughs> yeah, get into it's it. It's like but, not a sidewalk slam, but sort of similar. Yeah, it's like a sidewalk slam, but. Above the shoulder. Right, the right. But so, uh, and he, yeah, so they become buddies. They pal around. Mm-hmm. They, uh, he thinks he's got to leave, you know, to keep everybody safe. Um, and uh, this sets up a final showdown with Suter, who comes out of nowhere, because he's, like, waited for the bounty hunters, and then he captures them all, and he's like, ha, I'm going to freaking kill you guys now. It's going to be great. And Hogan get, escapes into the ship, has a chance to shoot him, mm-hmm. but he can't because... He has to hit him with a leg right. drop, brother, dude. Exactly. No, That's not can't. how the match can end. <laughs> He's got to pose. But, so... Suburban Commando kicked out at two. Right. It basically turns out that... Because I know at one point he gives Christopher Lloyd a suit, too, mm-hmm. and they, like, work together. But he basically just electrocutes the shit out of General Suter. Yeah. And then he turns into a giant fucking lizard man thing which actually looks like and i swear to god i would be so happy if i found out this is what it was have you ever seen the original predator costume no it's awful and that's what it looked like it looked like what general Suter looks like oh, at the okay. end of this movie and imagine predator if that's what the predator like the looked people like. who did the art for or did the puppeteering for um in super mario brothers oh my the, god the small-headed Koopa villains mm-hmm. with the big red coats. Yeah, the Koopas. It looks like whatever. they made those. Mm. Yeah, like really bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, basically, to make a long, long story short. Long story start. They kill the shit out of Suter mm-hmm. and save the day. And Hogan's like, all right, I'm out of here. And, you know, uh, 
fucking Christopher Lloyd has stood up to his boss and quit his job and made him look like a fool in front of these Japanese investors and, 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 uh, fucking, um, what's the, the, the secretary of his, his boss's secretary is now going to go have kids with Hogan in space. Cause he's like, Oh yeah, she's coming with me and I'm going to start a family now. Oh yeah. I, and, they, there was some vibes earlier in the movie where they were just kind of and, yelling and at each other. Also. Okay. I gotta, this is how I want to wrap this up at the end of the movie. They're on, like, a helicopter pad. Right. And he's got a spaceship. Yeah. And literally no one in the world cares that there's a guy who has a spaceship that has mastered anti-grav flight from a prone position. Yeah. Like, it's literally the Nazi bell. I don't know if you've ever heard that story, but it's like... They didn't... They didn't. You know what it is? Is that Back then, they didn't have, you know, see something, say something. Right. It was... Like, oh, oh, they would, they would go, and then I saw a spaceship. People were like, "All right." They're like, "Well, look at him! Look at him!" He's no rip- cell phones. Nobody was filming and putting it wasn't right. going viral on the internet. And even if it did, now they'd be like, "It's fake." <laughs> it was clearly a real spaceship, too. Oh yeah! Oh, totally. totally. Yeah. And so he flies off, and the last thing that happened made me laugh so hard, or one of the very last things in the movie. So, like we said. Uh, Christopher Lloyd has been driving to work, and every day there's this light that he comes up to, and the same people are there, like, going to their jobs every morning. The exact same people yep. are hitting the light at the exact same every time. Every time. And every time he hits his brakes as it turns yellow, and fucking... Everyone peeps at Yeah, them. yeah. So this time, he drives faster than everybody else. He's the only one who beats the light. He pulls over, gets out of his car, pulls out some laser gun that Hogan left for him, and shoots the fucking light. And I was like, what the fuck just happened probably it wouldn't go well in real life and it also made me think wait a minute is there gonna be a suburban or should there have been or was that not should there i guess but would there have been a suburban commando too because wouldn't that mean like aren't the like general suitors like the rest of the fucking army are they gonna like come looking for him and shit like the other evil generals of that army but, um, if they do make a sequel, I, Hogan's gonna have to give us a, like a sincere apology here. Yeah, he's gonna, yeah, <laughs> a real well, one. And then when that happens, it's you know, right. it's just like the WWE Hall of Fame. Like, do we, you know, do yeah. we accept it? Do we not? It's tough. I mean, Hogan. It's obviously... not really for me or you to decide. <laughs> just, just looking at the color of my skin, I feel like I don't really have a say in the matter. Oh, no, no, no. And but I was... you could easily replace Hogan with, like, a new act, like a John Cena. Could be the new Suburban yeah. Commando in a remake. He might Christopher actually Lloyd could play, like, a grandfather. Right. That, or... But a completely different character, because it's a reboot. Right. Now I'm really wishing that in, like, 1998, The Rock did a re- did Suburban Commando too. Like, 1998 <laughs> Rock. That would have been so good. No. And, it's, and he's actually, <laughs> he's just playing The I Rock. I don't want a 90, I want a 2019... Suburban Commando reboot with John Cena. See, I kind of... Uh, so as, we are going to make a petition and then, after we... And then... But wait, wait, sorry. And then in that, he Hogan has like a Luke Skywalker-esque cameo. No, no. <laughs> he no, no Hogan. Out of film. This is... He's completely... This is they like, kill him at the beginning of the film off screen. They're like, Ship Ramsey died. No, this is not a sequel. it turned out he was, a, this is a whole he was a new, racist. We're starting from the very beginning. This is a reboot. Oh, is this we're a, doing this, this over again. Prequel? <laughs> yeah, not even. It's oh, nothing. Like the original and, doesn't exist now. Andrew Garfield Spider-Man style? Exactly. Mm. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Um... Yeah, I think that's what. Uh, so we're gonna make a tomorrow. I'm gonna I'm gonna write up a petition for, for WWE, first, yeah. on and I'm gonna 
I'm gonna put it out there, and I'm and, right. and we're gonna we're gonna make it go viral, and we're gonna get enough signatures that WWE sees it. And but then they'll probably just put the Miz in it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind. Honestly, I might like that better. That'd be pretty yeah. uh, cool. So you thought I, I was gonna? Say, I was <laughs> like, you do know that. But I'm I have, doing it. I have I have a patch right here that says, "Hello, I'm awesome." Why do you have that? Because I like the Miz. I used to hate him, but he's grown on me like a wart. He's grown on a lot of people. He's still not so much on me, but I just like his mic work more than anything. Yeah, he plays a good heel. Mm. He's just still very not impressive in the ring. Yeah, that's always been my drawback for him but uh, but this is not a wrestling no. podcast this is a movie podcast about wrestlers and movies right now so that was it yeah that was, that was commando. suburban commando um and so on to the next movie dude dude brother He's got his restaurant in Chicago. Coach Don Shula, the Miami Dolphins, he's got a steakhouse. But WCW's own world heavyweight champion Hulk Hogan, he's got pasta mania in the Mall of America. I want to try to get a word with him if I can squeeze in there. Hulk Hogan coming up. Debut edition of Monday Nitro. You've got Big Bub in the main event. Who's the greatest wrestler in the world? You know something, Eric Bischoff? Tonight on Monday Nitro, Pasta Mania has got all my Hulkamaniacs running wild. And I've eaten so many Hulkaroos and Hulkyus, I kind of feel sorry for <laughs> Big Bubba, brother. Because tonight, brother, first time on TNT, I'm putting the WCW heavyweight title on the line. And with Pasta Mania running through my brain, who's going to beat Big Bubba tonight, Hulkamaniacs? <laughs> And when I'm done dragging him around the Mall of America and all my pasta maniacs are tearing their WCW shirts off, brother, I'm going to give Big Bubba a dose of my Hulkaroos up there, and then I'm going to body slam him again. You know, with little Hulkamaniacs like that, pasta maniacs all around the Mall of America, Big Bubba, you better tighten up that waistline, brother, because the Hulkster's slim and trim. I've been eating my pasta mania, and what you gonna do in the Mall of America, brother, when Hulk Hogan, pasta mania, and all my pasta maniacs run wild on you? What's he gonna do? All right. All right. The film I picked for Russ this week is The Chaperone. It's a 2011 American comedy film directed by Stephen Herrick and was produced by WWE Studios, surprisingly. It stars Paul Levesque, a.k.a. Triple H, Yardley Smith, a.k.a. the voice of Lisa Simpson, Ariel Winter, and that's really about the only people you probably know. I mean, Kevin Corrigan's in it too, but you probably don't know him by name. Anyway, this movie... He was in Superbad. Yes, he was in Superbad. Good call. He's the uncle in Ground for Life. Um, I think it's Ground for Life. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yep, you're definitely right. I, w- I was trying to think of what other character his... Oh my god, we're jumping too forward. We're going to get this in a sec on the podcast. But anyway, enjoy the trailer for The Chaperone. And what's a guy fresh out of prison usually do first? Usually something stupid. You shouldn't have come here, Ray. We have built a really good life without you here. I at least deserve a second chance to know my own daughter. Do you have any idea what our lives were like after you went away? Sally, it's so nice to finally meet your father. Me too. 
Try acting like a parent. Do you even have a job? All right, who's ready for some field tripping? This is Oviraptor Phylloceratops. Does anybody know what modern animal is a direct descendant? Dogs. So you think that a Tyrannosaurus Rex is now being carried around in a little bag by Paris Hilton? <laughs> you are doing wonderfully, Mr. B. Well, look who's going on a field trip. Just get on the bus. Come on. Go, go, go. Focus, Del. Where's the money? Pretty bus. The truck! my job because I let a bank robber be a chaperone? Of course not. Everything's fine. What are you doing? I can't find Sally anywhere. You make a sound or look at me cross-eyed and I will shoot your old man and shoot you right in front of him. That makes no sense. One, two, three, Red light! I gotta find my dad. You guys are planning an escape, Pop. I'll be able to help. Signals when you're ready. Somebody has to come to the bathroom! Run that way, I'll run this way. This day just keeps getting better. Hey! It's like a bad episode of Nanny 911. I'm Mr. Bradstone. I'm the chaperone. You changed my life. Then it better be your fanny pack. I think we're good. I think he's not gonna keep doing this stuff. Pitter-patter. Dog's doing some pitter-patter. <laughs> All right, uh, so the chaperone. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. basically... You, this is called My it. Movie's Better. You're supposed to come forward with like a movie you think is a better movie. Mm-hmm. And you trolled me this week, and I you definitely did. intentionally picked a movie that was, that was not good. dumb. <laughs> I'm the chaperone. All right, right off the bat... I gotta say, this movie has one of the worst fake beards in the history of fake beards. Triple oh, H, prison beard? Yeah, his prison Seven beard. Seven years, that's all he grows? Also, it's so obviously fake. I yeah. can smell the glue from here. First of all, I've seen Triple H's real beard. Yeah. He grows a more manly, more bushy beard than I do, and it grows in really fast. Yep. Like, to the point that they want to make a God of War movie, and people are saying, Triple H. Because he looks like he, the God of he War. He could pull it off, yeah. He was in prison for seven years, and that fucking fake-ass nothing beard right. is what they think that we're supposed to believe is his real beard. It reminded me of the thing in uh, with the, the episode of South Park where Cartman becomes a quote-unquote psychic, and mm-hmm. they have the it shows him, and he's got the beard, and they're like, remove his protective face warmer, and they take it <laughs> off. <laughs> like, I was like, what the fuck is that? So, yes, okay, he is playing Ray Ray, Ray Ray Bradstone. I love when any type of person who writes an action movie for the first time, and I'm going to assume whoever wrote this mm-hmm. is their first movie ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, always goes with like a Bradstone or... I think I think Vince McMahon wrote other movies. Vince McMahon did not write this. I like to pretend he did because there's a lot of moments in it where I'm like, Vince totally loves this scene. Yeah. Case in point, when he goes to the organic cafe looking for a job and is like, where's the right. meat? And it's like Vince is sitting there going, oh, these stupid vegans. And then we're talking about, we'll have them go into like a vegan shop. Ah, what do you call those places? Ah, a restaurant? Ah, 
Hey, hey, I think I'll say to him, Oh, you look like you need some meat, buddy. You need a steak. Oh, God damn it, pal. It's been hilarious. But, um, yeah, so Triple H is in jail for robbery that he was the getaway driver on. Mm-hmm. And he is not just a getaway driver. He is t- totally miscast as the greatest dr- getaway. He's the transporter, the greatest getaway yeah. driver in the business. We never even see him do a getaway. No. The one time he's supposed to be getting away fast and driving, he fucking drives a bus up on yep. the curb like an idiot. Yep. <laughs> and, like, so the least smooth driving I've ever seen. Right. Like it would make sense if he was like, <clears throat> you're the greatest enforcer. Or, or so, I don't right. know, like, it just, the bank robbery aspect didn't make as much sense. They could have been doing some other crime. I guess that was just, like, easy trope. Because this is also a kid's movie. I definitely think that this was sort of something that Triple H was like, okay, I'll make a movie, but or, I'll make a movie, uh, and I'll make that movie uh, for my daughters. Uh. Like, it's totally a dad. You're Triple H. It's terrible. It sounded like a mob boss of some sort. I don't this, know, like an ta- Italian the, or, or... The only... The, the problem with doing a Triple H impression is he doesn't really do all that much with his voice, but you have to listen. There's this one thing that he does, is he goes like, so he'll... Uh, it, no, no, it's, it's not even that. If it, the, That's like exaggerating it. What he actually does is he'll be like, and that's when I said... <sighs> he like breathes after every beat, like so hard into the mic. Oh, yeah. So you just hear like... <sighs> like every time. He does. <laughs> But, but so, he does do uh, the thing where he draws out like the uhs at the end. Oh of the yeah, sentence. yeah. He'll be like, "The ass kicker is back." <laughs> it's like a weird thing that he yeah, does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's an idiolect. Mm-hmm. But so he um, he is in prison. He has become a changed man, and he wants to get back. The wife and the daughter he mm-hmm. lost. At least their respect and some sort of relationship. Um, and part of the way that he's become a changed man, he's been listening to like a radio show, talking to him. Yeah, talking to call, he's call in. Yeah, yeah. Um, her. I don't know. Doctor Marjorie, who give is basically like a self help sort of person, yeah. and gives him advice. A lot of references to the art of war in this. Yes, which I thought was like, and then the one kid that read it. The one kid that's like a little dickhead who has fireworks yep. and is getting bully fights would turn around and requote exactly. <laughs> yeah, he was like, back he's like yeah, he, yeah, and then Triple. Well, I love that part because Triple H also like grabs him and then he's like, "Oh, well, here's the rest of that quote, buddy." And you're like, "Oh," <laughs> and he's like, "I like dinosaurs." <laughs> he read the Art of War. He's so cool. I only wrote the I only read the Cliff Notes. <laughs> I was like, great. Um. So yeah, he like we said, he's getting out of jail. Uh, his old buddy tries to, or well, his the guy that basically got him in jail, who who didn't who he didn't rat out, Larue, played mm-hmm. by uh, Kevin Corrigan. As we were saying before, another one that you would remember as is the uh, hitman that just wanted to get his day over with in Pineapple Express. Yep, yep. He's in a lot of stuff that like is uh, in the world of like the Seth Rogen. Yeah. And, and produced by uh, Judd Apatow and shit like that. I would consider him to be a poor man's Steve Buscemi for when you, not that he's in the same league as Buscemi as an actor, but that when you need weaselly look guy, mm-hmm. he just is perfect. Boom, he fits My favorite up. thing is how often in every movie he does the thing where he goes on his like tippy toes and like goes back again and he does the finger snap thing to his fist. Goes, yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Like every, he does it in he every movie. He loves it. Exactly. Like, well, yeah, and we were talking about it. We mentioned it in the little 
beginning segment there. Um, yeah, he his character on oh, what was that show we met with De- De- Donald Long? Grounded you, for life. Yeah, Grounded for Life is basically it's the same the same exact character as yeah. this guy except for this guy robs banks. Um, but so they they talk eventually. He he tr- he's trying to patch things up with his daughter. His daughter doesn't want anything to do with him. She's obviously hurt by his lack of time <laughs> that was in her what life. Was bothering me was I thought the whole movie would be. Because every five minutes, Triple H would walk up to her and try to make a conversation. And she'd be like, what part do you not get? We are not, you don't exist, okay? I've moved on. And it was just kind of like a weird, real, like, you you haven't seen, he just came out. And all he wants to do is be in your life. And you're just like, fuck off. Yeah. He's like. And, And later, too, it made it even weirder because they also established that like he had been writing her letters and and then stopped and stuff so like they had had a modicum of of communication like yeah and it, it just it was it was way way over the top especially how then she would immediately react by turning around and being like he would say like one thing and she'd be like oh you're my best friend again but, like at the end especially when she's like screaming at him and then he's like i just i'm trying to change and 2 seconds later she's helping him like pull off the, yeah. the drop and stuff well, you're like what the she fuck was, she was really into a kid at school and he keeps on helping oh and that gets weird in a little bit there's one particular weird thing that he does in Do that the bus? Whole, yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, basically, I mean, there's not too far of jumping ahead. I mean, yeah, no, no I know. Well, we'll just we'll get to it quickly by saying, basically, he's in a pickle. His fucking apartment building burns down, and he is forced back into the game. Uh, and he has to go. <laughs> yeah, that was lame. And he has to go and meet back up with Larue and his old buddies, and they're gonna go pull off a heist again. And for some reason, they pick a bank that just so happens to be right next to where the kids get are getting on the bus. So he's, like, sitting outside while the guys are robbing the bank in George Bush, Dick Cheney, and Condoleezza Rice masks, mind is, you. Oh, I love the, the... That's the one... There's two characters I really loved. The kid mm-hmm. that, that read the cliff notes for The Art of War. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that kid's, like, nerdy friend. The computer that, like, kid, yeah. yeah. Yep. And I don't know why I said two. Three... The teller. Yes. She like she did. She was like, I thought it was awesome. He yes. was super ironic, and I thought like she's he, like, I actually kind of liked being robbed by somebody <laughs> like that. Like it shows they have a sense of humor. That was yeah, that wasn't a bad joke right there. It was okay. Yeah, it it was worked. Um, Wait, you didn't mean for it to be funny, and he was right. like, Why would I point right. a gun at you? I will shoot you right where you stand. Right. So so there's there's three guys in the bank and Triple H is waiting for him and he sees the bus and he's like, F this. He gets out of the car, throws the fucking keys in the bushes and goes over, gets on the bus, sees Yardley Smith, who's like the teacher. And he's like, hey, because she had asked him earlier to be a chaperone. He's like, hey, I'm here to be the chaperone. Mm-hmm. And so the other dudes come out of the bank and they're like, all right, let's drive. And they're like, wait, where's Triple H? Whoop, yeah. whoop. They t- I, this is my opinion on this. Okay. From from a from a breaking kayfabe standpoint, mm-hmm. if this was a real thing, and for shoot Triple H, right, is is well not Triple H but the character of Triple H, whoever Ray Ray, playing, is is uh, the getaway driver. Here's the thing: I understand you not wanting to do a life of crime again. You see your daughter and you have a change of heart. So you fucking even though, you know he he didn't. First of all, he didn't. Uh, he he took the fall and they didn't take the fall. 
that's just how it is yeah. in that world. That's not that's not betrayal or backstabbing. You guys didn't throw yourselves under the bus to go to jail with me. What? Right, right. Who the fuck would you dumb dipshit? No, exactly. Second that's of all, works. second of all, you agreed to be the getaway. You've already broken. You're already a part of it, bro. You're already in it now. You agreed to be the getaway driver. You pulled up. You brought the robbers to the fucking bank, and then when they're inside doing their thing. Shouldn't be, okay? But you just go, fuck this. And you just throw the keys in the which, bush and fuck them over royally. Right, which also leads the police after him because, of course, his fingerprints are all oh, over the, the keys. fucking keys. And they're, they're, they were his keys for some reason. So mm-hmm. I, the other thing, too, is is um, <clears throat> he gets uh, he gets them all like caught, and not caught, but gets them almost caught right. and, and, and doesn't know about the money or whatever. But then when he has the money, he's like so adamant on... I'll give you your money back. Like, he didn't really care that he had to go. He wasn't, he wasn't, it's not about the, he's like, he didn't care the bank got robbed, clearly. He didn't care about the people right. that affected. He just was like, yeah, here, here's your money. It also, if you really didn't give a shit about the people getting robbed inside the bank and the money wasn't a big deal to you, you didn't have to throw the fucking keys in the bush. Yeah. You could have at least left the car running so they could have gotten away. Exactly. Yeah. He, so Triple H was kind of a dick. He's totally a dick in this movie. Well, because also, all right, so he, He's in the bus, and then when the cops are coming, the other three guys split, and the one of the dudes runs with the money, and the money ends up, he, like, falls over a bunch of the suitcases outside the bus, and the money ends up on the bus. Yeah. And they see Triple H, the other two guys, as fucking, he's driving away. Yeah, they saw the other guy who runs off. And he gets caught he, by the they cops. They see him go behind the bus, then come out from behind the bus. He, he has the bag before, then he doesn't have the bag. Mm-hmm. Then they see Triple H on that same bus later on. And that other dude's in the hospital concussed like a motherfucker. Right. So they have no idea what's going on. And they think that Triple H has become like this mastermind. Right, in right, prison right. And orchestrated this whole thing with the right. other guy. And so there's like also these two detectives. One of them who looks scarily a lot like Javier Bardem. It but is Javier Bardem. It really... Are you fucking... No. no, that's the second time I've gotten you tonight. No. No, it's, that, not, it's not Javier Bardem. Okay, I was like... Because, <laughs> like, I you was... just keep falling. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, you scared me right there. I was like, what happened? Did he, like, have a bad year that year? Because I knew he was in movies before that. But anyway, regardless, these two detectives and the guy who looks like... Hashtag Har- Javier Bardem as Dr. Doom. Yeah, definitely. Hashtag um, Javier Bardem as Dr. Doom. Hell yes. Tweet okay. that out. Tweeted. Make it happen. Make it go viral. Tweet, tweet. So, that guy also wears a fedora in this movie that's like, it's like fucking, like, straw hat fedora. I don't know. It was prop shop fedora. Oh, yeah. Totally. It's like blatantly, like, they just found a random hat. He goes, you know, it'd be funny. So, you get in the character. And then the director was like, bro. Wear that hat. And he was like, I'm gonna, obviously. Right, that like, guy these was... are just a couple friends making a movie. Like, was, right, exactly. Like, this guy's no reason like a, for this guy to be rocking a fedora he's like a, a, in New Orleans. He's like a douchey actor on set who has a minor role in the movie, but is a method actor as yeah. it. Like, the whole time he was questioning people outside of scenes and yeah. shit. <laughs> oh, God, gonna find Ray Ray. <laughs> he was just, like, walking up to people. He goes, no, you right. think? But he was really, he's like Australian or something, mm-hmm. too. But so now this movie kicks off Triple H's attempt to win back his daughter's love and affection and admiration or just any semblance of her liking him whatsoever. So like we said, he discovers that she has a crush on a boy in her class and and decides he's going to use that against her. Um, So 
he every attempt he makes early on in the movie fails. She just doesn't want to talk to him. She now she's even more pissed off that he because she blatantly asked him, "Don't show up. I I don't I won't go if you go." And so now it's kind of like, "Oh, well, he came at the last minute. She can't just leave." So, um she's stuck with it. Um and Triple H is trying like hell to make her like him. Hmm. And the other bad guys chase them for a bit end up crashing into a diaper truck right and stealing the diaper truck and following them to New Orleans which is where they're going and they get to New Orleans and that's when Triple H discovers that the money is on the fucking bus yeah and i think we kind of played with this earlier i think throughout the whole movie Triple H was trying to steal the money for himself that was his actual goal and the only thing that re because even like I mean when you think about it so to kind of play out what happens next so he Larue calls him mm-hmm. right and he's got the money literally he's got it in his hand he's standing right next to the bus and Larue's like hey I'm standing right across the street and they see each other and he's like all right look I got your money right here I want to give it to you I I just want to be with my daughter I don't want any part of this you can have your money and yeah. we'll go meet me across the street. They start to cross the street and the fucking two detectives just so happen to be driving by and they see just LaRue and his oh, buddy. Well, they weren't just so happen to be Well, they I mean they're following him too, but I'm saying like it's like just it all they all converge in that one moment, right? right? So he but they don't see Triple H. So the other guys go running off, they chase him. He gets away with the money, right? Yeah. Every other attempt he makes in some way, little way, he is kind of trying to screw them over up until the end where he saves his daughter by screwing them over. And, like, it's like, well, where's the money now? Putting it all on the radio and, and putting the blame on them for a bunch of stuff. He takes credit for the original robbery. Right. He's like, no, I, that is my fault. Well, I, he's saying when, they, when they make the original handoff, too, when he, like, he gives them, like, a, a, a duffel bag full of, like, crap. Yeah. And they're like, what the hell? And, like, has the taxi, this taxi driver drive his daughter away wicked fast. Right. And shit. But, um, so yeah, it felt, it definitely felt like he was trying to get away with the money. And I don't know if they did that on purpose because they just never quite like worked it into the script enough. Mm-hmm. And then at the end he realizes like, oh, I actually can't, I can't have both. And that was part of him letting go of that older part of himself, of Ray Ray. Letting go of the second Ray in his right. name. So he, he said multiple times in this movie, he goes, it's just Ray now. Plain Ray. Plain Ray. Like, Plain Ray sounds right. like a way cooler than, right. than Ray Ray. Well, Even so, though it's plain. Some other interesting things about his character, like we mentioned, he's become very knowledgeable in prison. So, like, they go to a dinosaur exhibit, and they don't have a tour guide. Dinosaurs. And he does the tour, and the kids fucking love it. And shit like that. Like, he really... But there's this other scene, we kind of mentioned it earlier, where they're on the bus... And I think it's right after that scene. So they're at the museum. He sees the bad guys, and he, like, gets them out of there, leaves the bus driver behind. He's like, I'll drive. Starts driving, right? Yeah. They're driving, and he sees the daughter walking. She's like, comes up to yell at him, basically, and she starts walking up the aisle. And he, like, turns the wheel really fast so that she falls on the lap of the dude she has a crush on. And I was like, whoa, Triple H, that is yeah. weird that you did that. that <laughs> like, is really yeah. over... Yeah, you're overstepping your bounds as a human being, right, as right. a person. Um, that is like the father of right. the girl. <laughs> we should. I also want to mention uh, the the whole thing with the 
we mentioned I mentioned to you off the the pod. Um, the whole thing with Triple H doesn't want to hug people. In the yeah, movie. oddly like insecure, homophobic yeah. thing where he yeah. doesn't want to hug any of the guys that keep offering hugs. Right, and really at one point, there's like a male teacher uh, chaperone on the trip who's in love with Yardley Smith, mm-hmm. and fucking, he like, gives him some advice on how to like, talk to a woman, how to listen to a woman, really is more what he gives him advice on, and uh, he's like, oh, thanks dude, it really helped me out, and he's like, goes to give him a hug, and he's like, oh, no dude, I, I don't do that stuff, and then he hugs him anyway, and Triple H says, that better be your fanny pack. And the guy's like, yeah. And I was like, wow, what a weird boner joke. <laughs> like, right? okay. Um, and and I thought that that was going to, like, be a thing. Like, at the end, he'd, like, go up and hug that guy. Or, no, there was never a hug no, at the end of it. No. Because Vince McMahon wrote this movie. I think it's also a thread in a lot of wrestler movies that, like, wrestlers very are very specific about not wanting to ever be made to look the slightest bit feminine in any way. Yeah. Um, cause I think you'll see this in all three of these movies that like, they all kind of are a little bit, I mean, the rock a little less so cause he's not playing a big tough guy character. We'll get into that when we get into the movie, but like with these two characters, definitely like Hogan did almost nothing that you would think, Oh, Hulk Hogan wouldn't think that was awesome. And it was definitely the same with triple H like triple H yeah. would probably be a lot. He was that character. If his backstory was, he had been in prison for robbery as opposed to being a wrestler. So right. Um, so the end of the film, I actually really liked how the end of the film played out, and I think it's the one redeeming quality of the film when the kids take over the movie. Yeah, they all come together in, like, a yeah. Goonies type. So, like, Ariel Winter, I don't know anything about her. Is she, like, a Disney Channel star or something like that? Are you kidding me? I don't, I don't know. I literally don't. Is all she right. a singer? No, she's the, the nerdy daughter from Modern Family. Oh, okay, I've ne- I don't. You don't watch Modern Family? No. Yeah, Modern Family is like one of the greatest shows on television. It's I one of the funniest. Ju- I just got television best. in my house for the first oh. time in like seven years. So it's in the vein of the the mockumentary style of Parks and Rec in the mm-hmm. Office and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Every once in a while, I catch the first five seconds of it after a WWE show, like after Raw or SmackDown when yeah. it happens to be on. But uh, yeah, okay. Now I I mean I've just I know that's like I, her only thing. I think I just know. That I now she's like Instagram she, famous because okay. she's an adult and is, right. yeah. But <laughs> she's she's like pretty good. She's like pretty good in this movie. I think her actually her chemistry with Triple H isn't terrible, and that's really the only thing that needs to happen to make this movie. I work also want to say all. that in in regards to that, he's not. It's really funny to me because Hogan, like you were telling me, Hogan's one of the worst actors. I think Triple H is a pretty good actor. Yeah, me too. It's, it's funny to me that he never made that jump that everybody right, else made. Right. I think he definitely, if you are a wrestling nerd, you'll remember a point where CM Punk made that a, a thing. Right. Where he yeah. said, oh, how's the chaperone? Did it go straight to DVD? And yeah, Triple H is yeah. like, oh, yeah, where's your straight to DVD movie, asshole? Yep. Whatever it is, it's like, yeah, he was in like uh, Blade 3. Yes, he was. He yeah. was one of the vampires in that. He, he is good at action stuff. I mean, he doesn't. He's got good presence. Yeah, like his limited amount of, of, of movies that he's done is matched up against like The Rock's first few movies that were all pretty fucking dog shit performances, right? right? right. But now he's like the highest grossing actor of all time. Mm-hmm. Triple H is somebody that I think, honestly, if they if he was put in the right spot, could actually be a decent Oh, actor. yeah. Oh, yeah. And he, I mean, I could definitely see him playing like a character like like what he played in Blade 3 as like a, a top villain in a movie, like a scary-ass yeah. villain. I mean, 
Um, because he's, he's a better actor than Batista, and 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 Drax is well, really really see, good. I, I think, and the, then in Blade twenty forty nine, I thought yeah. Blade, <laughs> no, yeah, Blade yeah, Runner, Blade Runner, yeah. Uh, I think I think um, Dave. Dave Batista has come into his own a little bit. I definitely think that he got really lucky with a character that he had that he could nail. It's not really yeah. not a lot of range to Drax, and he but he did so good with it that like you could also really fail at that character if you don't pick your your beats right. And he, he did a is, really good job at that. He's at the point of confidence where he can ad lib things. He mm-hmm. that very infamous scene now from Infinity War where he says, "Why is Gamora?" That was him. Yep. That wasn't that wasn't like something written into the script. Oh, yeah. he, he just said that on set and well, they went he, with it. Yeah. He has probably one of my favorite lines from all of the Marvel Universe thing where he's talking about like when you love something that's ugly. People usually want cute pets. Why would you go on such a hideous one? I am hideous? You are horrifying to look at, yes. But that's a good thing. Oh, when you're ugly and someone loves you, you know they love you for who you are. Oh, yeah, that whole speech. Oh, my God. Guardians 2. Yep, yep. it gets me because it's, with the delivery, it works, you know. But I think think in this movie, Triple H is charming. Um, When he's not being a bully, he's very charming. His work with her is great. But when the kids take over the movie at the end, I really think the movie is a lot better and that I felt like one of the things it really lacked was the fact that the kids are established and then forgotten about except for Ariel Winter for the whole middle of the film and then they come back because Triple H gets captured and they have to go save him like you said a la Goonies style team up yeah so you have nerdy computer kid you know weird kid who reads Art of War and has fireworks uh, and then Ariel Winter and her new boyfriend I guess oh and the blonde girl who got lip injections right right and so they go out and they basically they trick the um the bad guys into coming and looking for them and they have a bit of a like little home alone thing where they you know they trip them up with some beads on the floor and do yeah. some shit like that and in this Triple H accidentally as he's trying to get his phone out calls Dr. Marjorie I think I thought that was on purpose I couldn't tell if he was I think he was trying to get his phone out on purpose, but I think it was a thing where it was just like, you know, he's blindly trying to pull it out and his hands just happen to hit the right buttons. Yeah. And it's like, since he calls her so much, it's like the last call he made. Maybe. Cause actually in the movie, it was the last call he made when he yeah. was arguing with her before he got captured and all that shit went down. He's on the phone talking about how he's on the phone talking about how great everything is going now because, because he's finally let go. So the last yeah. phone call you see him make in the movie is Dr. Marjorie. But anyway, and so uh, all of the robbers, next, all their next, um, it's classic trope, all of what they say goes broadcast on the radio, yeah. including him saying, for reasons I don't understand, the Triple H had nothing to do with the robbery, which isn't true. And I don't know why the bad guy says that. Because he did, yeah, he got he brought them there. But they, it's kind of I think they kind of play it off like she like tricks him into saying it in a certain way. Yeah, because like in the end, he didn't <laughs> do I anything. Let my dad get away with a felony. Right, right. Um, and yes, the police show up, and Larue and his buddy before they can kill Triple H and his daughter, mm. arrest the bad guys, and the day is saved, and Triple H and his daughter. Our best buddies now, and then it's like, poof, a short time later, 
Not even six months, not even a year, a short time later, it says. And another thing I should mention that was running concurrent throughout the whole movie is that the ex-wife, the mother of Ariel Winter, has a new boyfriend who's a doctor, and he's really annoying, and he's like the exact opposite of Triple H. He's like a small, bald man. And, uh... Marvin. Marvin, yeah. And so, um... As the short time later thing comes back, Triple H is getting ready for what it's first he says is a, like, he's like getting ready and she's like, oh, what are you nervous about? The job interview or the date? And you're like, oh, he's going on a date. And at this point I was, I was literally rooting for the movie to do not what they did. I was like, please, please, please be someone else. Please be someone else. Please be someone else. And that's how the movie ends. But of course that's not how the movie ends. Um, and he goes to the door, they open the door and it's the ex and they all like share a joke and it's like yay they're back together the family's back together yeah end of story such a bullshit thing well because your poor guy came along and married this woman yeah they were together probably i'm guessing four or five years at this point they also though were they were building him up for something that didn't quite happen like, there was a couple of scenes where, like, remember she, like, called the daughter or her or talking on the phone, and he's, like, turning the TV on really loud. Yeah, and, like, he, I can't figure out this universal remote. Like, he was trying to, like, fuck with stuff going on. Yeah. I feel like that there was a part where they just cut it because of length where he, like, did something and then Triple H, like, punched him in the head. And it, that would have made way more sense and for some reason yeah. they just cut it. Like, that he was, like, it wasn't something, like, really evil, but was enough for her to be, like, I'm breaking up with you. So then he'd be, like, okay, no shit. It, de- it definitely should have been someone else. Right. Like a random woman. Well, because other than that, he just disappears from the film after a certain point. He's just yeah. gone. It's just, like, well, obviously she wants to be with Triple H. Look at his muscles. But, yeah. So, that was The Chaperone. Yep. Yep. On to the next one. <laughs> I think I'm done. Yeah, me too. <laughs> if only I were a little stronger, I could get that extra yard. I could hit for extra power. I could even be Triple H of the WWF. Don't bet on it, kid. Triple H, what are you doing here? Just brushing up on a little history. But that's not important. What's important is results. And Dynamic Muscle Builder from Weider Sports Nutrition can help you get there. Dynamic Muscle Builder is packed with essential high-quality proteins, carbs, and amino acids that help to nourish your muscles. Get results. If you smell what the rock is cooking. So the listeners pick this week is the pseudo sequel of Jumanji. Jumanji, welcome to the jungle. Yes. Uh, it is a 2017 comedy action. Yeah, it's a yeah, comedy say action teen teen movie. Yeah, I mean, I would I wouldn't even go that far. I, I think it's general audience. I mean, it's a teen rated, but I think it's for mm-hmm. everybody. And it's uh, there's a lot of swears in it. Eh, not a lot. There's like a couple like, of shits. Yeah. There's a couple of shits and asses and no yeah. fucks. And a lot of references to penises, but we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, Starred Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Karen Gillan, Kevin Hart, and Jack Black. Yeah. And... This, I thought I was doing the oh, episode. No, what I, is this? I just jumped in to say all that because <laughs> I have to mention I was going to say that. I was gonna, but... Rise Darby is also in this movie. Who? Oh, we'll get to that in a sec. 
Um, Rise Darby from Flight of the Concords. He plays Murray. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The guide. Mm-hmm. So anyways, here's the trailer to this movie. Enjoy. <laughs> a fun group. Welcome to detention. Spencer, Bethany, Fridge, Martha. You're all here for a reason. Hey, person walking. You should be thinking about who you are and who you want to be. You'll have plenty of time to figure that out while you're cleaning out the basement. Are you gonna help or are you too pretty? I'm too pretty. Yo, what's this? A game for those who seek to find a way to leave their world behind. Jumanji. Pick a character and you're that person in the game. Which one do I pick? I don't think it matters that much. Moose Finbar. Sounds like a badass. I'll be the curvy genius. Dr. Smolder Bravestone. I guess I'm Ruby Roundhouse. rest of me oh my god fridge yeah fridge who are you it's me spencer who is she martha why am i wearing half a shirt and short shorts in the jungle i think we got sucked into jumanji and we become the avatars we chose so that means bethany oh Wait, bethany don't look at it <gasps> I'm an overweight middle-aged man. Well, I don't have my Claritin, and all I see around here is Paula. Well, I don't have a top two feet of my body. Damn, that is a man right there. Don't cry, don't cry. Don't cry, it's gonna be okay. This is a video game, which means we all have special skills. What if I run it so slow? That was so intense. I like Kent even with this place. Watch your step in here. Maybe we're all in a coma. What? That old game machine must have electrocuted us now we're all... Oh my god! You better get in there and save her. I'm not gonna get in there. You get in there. I got a backpack on. You don't get in water with a backpack. Everybody knows that. All right. So, yeah. Um, before I get into the movie, mm-hmm. I want to throw in a couple, you might know them froms. Okay. If that's okay. Um, first of all, the kid that becomes the rock in the video game is the kid from Hereditary and is immediately, I don't know his name. I should know his name off the top of my head. Uh, became one of my favorite actors of the past, like few years. His name is Alex Wolf. Yep. Yep. Plays Spencer. Spence. Um, Dude. He is phenomenal in Hereditary. You should definitely go see Hereditary. Uh, second, uh, you actually mentioned before we even got into yes. it, before the trailer, you mentioned Rice Darby. I didn't know his name. Yes. Uh, he is in What We Do in the Shadows, Flight of Concords. He's a bunch of stuff. He's awesome. A great He's show. in Yes Man yeah. as the boss. He's in this great show that I'm pretty sure it's all on Netflix. You should check out called Short Poppies where he plays a bunch of different male and female characters from, like, a small New Zealand town, and it's fucking hilarious. He is amazing in it. So he pretty much does what the other dude did 
in um uh he plays uh Jamay and oh, what the hell is the name of that? That's gonna be on the tip of my tongue now. Are you talking about Little Britain? No, it's it's New Zealand, and it's a guy. He plays a bunch of kids at a, a school. He plays a a, a, oh, a drama yeah, teacher, yeah, yeah, a gay. Yeah. He plays a gay drama teacher, a popular girl from another school, and then the island boy. That, that yep. He's like like a Pacific Islander, yeah, which yeah, is like yeah. a huge problem. Well, yeah. well like in, almost like a blackface. In, type in, thing. Well, it definitely is. The UK has that's why I mentioned Little Britain because uh, the UK has many different standards on stuff like that. Like for instance, in the UK, you're allowed to do blackface on television, stuff like that. Weird. Yeah. It's, you know, it's got a different, it doesn't make it right, obviously, but it's got a different history over there. So there's plenty of people who are against it. It's just, they're not as up to date with the times in that way. Yeah. Um, um, another set of, uh, there was one more left. Uh, Karen, Gillen, who you mentioned, mm. um, plays Ruby Roundhouse, the yes. Avatar version of the nerdy girl Martha. Uh, she is from, I believe, Doctor Who, right? Is that what she's like? Oh uh, yeah, 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 she was. But for me, friends. for my fandom, one of my favorite characters in all of the MCU, Nebula. Oh yeah, yeah. Holy she shit. plays Nebula, and she is easily like one of the she's probably going to be like the like one of the next big bad guys in the movies or i really hope so she'll be the one that kills thanos i really hope so what are you gonna do with your share i will hunt my father like a dog and i will tear him apart slowly piece by piece until he knows some semblance of the profound and unceasing pain i know every single day yeah i was talking about like a pretty necklace or a nice hat you know, something make the other girls go, ooh, that's nice. Anyways, now there's to the actually, actual movie. Sorry, there's actually one more. <gasps> Who we got? Because we, they, this guy didn't get billed uh, for a very particular reason as a top bill because they wanted to save it for later in the movie. No, don't tell don't tell them. I'm not going I to. I know that we give out spoilers. No, no, we're going to we're save this one. But there is one more actor that especially teenage teenagers would would definitely recognize and i was a little disappointed with who it was because the whole movie i was waiting for this particular actor but we'll get into that in a little bit once we get into the story because this story is basically like you said it's a pseudo sequel Mm -hmm. so for instance about halfway through the film they do mention and have a shout out yes to alan Parrish. and i actually think this movie would have been really could have been awesome had it happened in a time where robin williams was still with us were you gonna say nick jonas yes oh that's not a spoiler okay well there you go it's nick jonas is the big reveal character but you don't even know who that is he's yet. like in the trailer and stuff though he's oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like a big deal i thought you were gonna say who he ends up being in the real world oh which i, I am all about yes <laughs> i'm like one of the few people who's actually like a mark for that guy yes. because a fan yes. is um but anyway, so as I, well, I'm not done. Okay. I got a couple more. I just I just found a couple more. Uh, <laughs> workaholics. Oh my god! The boss. Right. Uh, what's yep. her name in the show? I don't she know. plays the teacher. Mm-hmm. That was just one more. That was the other one. <laughs> I'm right. done now. So Moving as a, as a pseudo sequel, this movie actually does a really good job of connecting the two. Um, it you know it it doesn't even bother to it. Like I'm pretty sure it jumps straight from how. We le- we left off the game board. Yeah. Essentially. So so they they 
get rid of the. I thought they did they throw it in the ocean or something. I'm like pretty that? sure it ended up in the ocean at the end. Yeah. So so in this one, they find a kid finds it on the beach. He brings it into his room. It's 1996. It's a, I think it was the no, it was the dad. Whoever finds yeah. it, yeah, he he. And he's like, hey, I found this game, and the kid's like, I don't like board games. I play video games. Right, and it's a year after the the other movie mm-hmm. takes place. Um, yep. So when it washes up on the beach, they you know they take it or whatever they. He puts it on his, I guess, bureau yeah, and just, just goes to play like an Atari style video game. And um, I I hated when I saw the what the movie was going to be the trailer. One of the big things I couldn't say was like it's a fucking video game now. Get that? What this is stupid? What are they doing? Stop making sequels right. or reboots. I thought it was a reboot. I didn't even know that it was a pseudo sequel. That it takes place in the exact same universe. Um, I really like how they did it. Yeah, because the game is always self-thinking and self-adapting and stuff like that. It's a little, like, more of a stretch than the board game. Right. But, um, it, also... but they, they, it, it thought up, oh, it had to, like, move on. Yeah, It was yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. well, kids like video games now. So, right. it, like, it turned itself into a video game. Right, like, if those kids... Because, like, spoiler alert, the video game ends up in the hands of four high school students. If they found that and it was a board game, they might just, like, walk right past it. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, so this kid starts, he's, he's like sleeping one night and the Jumanji drums start to play and he opens, you know, he's trying to figure out where it's coming from. He eventually opens up the Jumanji box and inside is a cartridge now. The yeah, game is gone. It looks like a Game Boy type cartridge, yep. but it's definitely for like an Atari style. Yeah, yeah. The actual, I, I think that they either used or... It, modeled this console after a Japanese home computer console called the MSX because it looks a shitload a lot like an MSX and it would be something that wouldn't they could have just got one and yeah. it wouldn't be something you'd recognize in the US because it was never sold over here so um, for any non-video game nerds that are listening to this uh, just know I'm with you I have no idea what the fuck he's talking about it was basically like of Super Nintendo, but with way better graphics, but it was way more expensive, so it didn't get bought, and the company went over under. Uh, one of the first Metal Gear, the first two Metal Gear games were for MSX, actually. But anyway, oh. so uh, the kid starts playing the game. You hear those drums coming up again, and then you see from the outside window a flash of green light, and you can only assume that he has been sucked into the game if you've seen Jumanji yep. 1. That's and probably then what's twenty just years later, and the house is in ruins. Everybody gets detention. Yeah, because one dude is writing the other dude's homework, and they used to be friends. And he gets himself caught, and then the blonde girl can't not FaceTime in the middle of a quiz, even though she's done with the right. quiz. And the other girl back talks her gym teacher because right. gym class is fucking stupid. Amen. That girl is awesome. So they get detention, and part of detention is cleaning this room. Mm-hmm. And in this room, they find the video game system. They say, let's take a break. And and then they all get sucked into the game. Boom. Now, this is where the movie is a movie. Right. Just wanted to give you the full how Jumanji becomes right. a Jumanji right. thing in this one. Well, there and is a fucking... one, one thing I want to mention about that that video game part is just how great it is, how they're, they're like, lulled into it. Like, they're just like, oh, okay, whatever. This will be fine. And they're reading the names and not really thinking about it. And yeah. Uh, Spencer says one really great line when he's like, "Oh, I don't. You can just pick a character. I don't think it matters which one." Mm-hmm. And of course, that it was very does. huge for their growth. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, I love the the curvy, mm-hmm. <laughs> curvy uh, whatever scientist or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, just met fat. Yeah, exactly. Jack Black. Exactly. Yeah, I wish I could do a Jack Black impression. I can't. 
No. I, <laughs> now would be a good point where I could come in and start taking a Jack Black song. <laughs> I have, no, I'm terrible. It's not going to happen. So, uh, they, yeah, like you said, now they're, they're transported into the game. And so all of a sudden, the rock comes flying out of the sky into a jungle and he's like what the heck's going on he's looking around and it becomes pretty obvious that he's spencer and he is now been transported into the amazing body of the rock and uh uh moose or not moose what's i forget what the guy his name's fridge fridge there you go his name I think it's supposed to be his nickname. I don't... His nickname's Fridge. Yeah. And it's a stupid nickname. Right. And he's like a football star. Like you said, he... He's as big as a Fridge. Yeah. That's, that's why his name's Fridge. It's a stupid... So now he's been transported into the body of Kevin Hart, which he's not too happy he's, about. He's here. <laughs> Hits the ground. And he just... The rock turns and looks at him. Who are you? And there's like this whole thing that goes back yeah, and forth yeah. between them. They don't know who each other are. Mm-hmm. And then Jack Black comes from the sky and... And fucking, right, and he's uh, the popular blonde girl who's shallow, who's presented as shallow. What actually it becomes like it actually—that's a plot point. Like yeah. I'm not shallow. I just right, know. right. That she's actually a normal person, and I really liked how they did that. And uh, of course, then the redheaded nerdy girl is um, Ruby Roundhouse, who is a beautiful redhead who with deadly skills. Um, she has dance fighting skills. Right. And almost immediately, they they notice that they have these markings, these three lines on their arms. And almost immediately after that, Jack Black is eaten by a hippo. Yeah. And then <laughs> his changes to two. Yep, and they hear this noise, and he comes flying out of the sky. And like you said, now he has two. Or she has two. So they realize, okay, this is a video game. We got to, like, that means, that means that's your lives. Like, we only have so many lives. Like, and we have to, like figure out how this works. Eventually, they also figure out that they all have special powers. Um, abilities. Mm-hmm, and abilities, including probably one of my favorite parts of the movie, which was The Rock's uh, smoldering... What did they call it? Smoldering... Uh, gaze. Gaze. Yeah, or, smoldering gaze. Yeah, and he would just... And every time uh, smol- he did it, Jack smoldering, Black and... Uh, smoldering intensity. Yeah. Yeah, and he would just be like, turn and smolder, and both Jack Black <laughs> and Karen Gillian would be like, oh, <laughs> what a man. Like, I think Kevin is like, what is that? Yeah. Like, he just didn't get like, why everybody's yeah. like... I love the, the weaknesses. Uh, Bradstone... What is his name in this? Doctor... Wait, Bradstone? No, Doctor Something Stone. Oh, his name is Doctor Smolder Braveheart. Bravestone. No, Bravestone, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is funny, because Triple H was Bradstone. Bradstone, Bravestone. Um, Anyways, yeah. So, they, uh... His weaknesses are none. (laughs) He has no weaknesses. Right, and his... I love the other weaknesses, though. Cake. Yep. (laughs) That's one of Kevin Hart's weaknesses. Kevin Hart is cake... Mosquitoes uh, yep, was uh, the, pilot. the pilots. We'll get to in a sec. Because that's the other thing. When they started the game, the line, yeah. there were five characters, but the first character, who was this pilot, was unselectable. So that, obviously, is the kid. And yeah. he's still in the game. There was other characters to pick from, too. They just didn't do it. There, there was a wheel oh, of, was? like, eight people. I, are you sure? I thought it was yeah. only the five. No, it was, it was, there was multiple people on okay. that thing. They just went through the yeah, list yeah, and yeah. picked random ones. But, but so... Uh, yeah, and uh, another one that I liked was um, uh, was another one because that that uh, oh my god, what camber's name now? Um, well, Kevin Hart. The other one that Kevin Hart had was Fridge. Well, I'm just gonna call him Kevin Hart because it's easier. <laughs> or Mouse. Mouse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because uh, yeah, 
He thought it said moose, but there was ducks right, on the right. screen. Well, cause, all right, I'm just going to cut to my favorite part of this movie right now because it happens pretty much here. They run into this dude who drives up in like a you know all-terrain vehicle. They jump inside, and it's Rise Darby. And he's like, hello, adventurers, welcome to Jumanji. And like he's and every time they try to talk to him, he says the same thing, just in putting their name in. So he says to Fridge, ah, Mouse Finbar. And you realize, oh, they they didn't notice that. He's like, no, my, my name's Moose. He's, he's like, like, it's Mouse. It's Mouse, actually, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, they're like, oh, this is an, a non-player character, and he's going to, like, bring us to the first mission. And they realize that it's split up into levels and shit like that. And, like, so the first level was the hippos. They got away from the hippos. Now they're on to level two. And uh, so they get chased by some dudes on motorcycles who are sent by Van Pelt, the evil bad guy who has bugs that crawl in and out of his yeah. eyes and, and ears can see and mouth. all what the animals can see. Yes, and he can control the animals. Yeah. Which to me was like, so are they trying to answer why all the animals in the Jumanji like first game that like came out were all like intent on murdering everything? Yeah. <laughs> um, here's what they didn't do this time around that I thought was really weird. Um, they did the 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 classic, um, which is really weird because Robin Williams was in a movie about Peter Pan. The idea of Peter Pan, and every time they ever did a play, whoever played his father in the real world played Hook, right? In 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 the Neverland scenario, right? They did that in um, Jumanji. Alan Parrish, his dad, wow. in the beginning plays the hunter that's hunting him the whole movie. So it's the same actor who played both of oh, them. Oh, yeah, And that was a nod to Peter Pan. Correct. They didn't do that. This, that guy didn't play anybody in, in the real world. The villain, yeah. that's kind of an odd thing. To, yeah. To not, re, like, like, give it a little respect. Make that, like, yeah, no. one little thing that you could take from the original right, that would make sense. Right. Like, he should have been someone in the real world. Right. Well, it's, I will say, it's also, it, it, by missing that, it exposes how much of the emotional plot that the original film has oh, um yeah. you know that character that i mean robin williams was a fantastic actor obviously and that was one of those roles that even though it's just a kid's movie he does a really good job playing a person who has literally lost their whole life and comes back to a world that they don't understand where everything has changed and everything that he knew before is literally ruins now. And so there's a bit of an emotional drama playing out with him. Like he's trying to come to grips with that. That's not really in this movie at all. Um, yeah. The only thing they even nod is that it used to be a board game in that, uh, when they find Nick Jonas, who plays the pilot, uh, which is the avatar for in real world, we can't right. say, uh, it's just some random kid in the beginning, but who he is is an adult. We'll, we'll tell you eventually yeah, yeah. when we get to that because you say there's no emotion. I think that's the one scene where I felt like oh, that was totally. so sweet. Um, but the um, the place where the pilot is staying, it has Alan Parrish like he like wrote it into a thing. So they, they make it clear that this is the same Jumanji world. Right. It's just different rules now. Right. Um, the game used magic to update itself. Yeah. Or whatever. So like where's the hunter? But that was also a weird thing to <laughs> me because all right, so... Again, in the first Jumanji, I understand, you know, Alan was trapped in the game. But then the game, like, came out of the game. 
And I think that was this is another thing that this film was kind of missing. What do you mean the game came out of the game? Like like the the jungle Jumanji came out of the board game and into our that's, world. That's that that was a that was a stipulation of one of the dice rolls. Oh, correct. That's okay. what happened. You're Good. supposed yep. to go into the game, but there was a stipulation when he got out of the game, he was released in the game. They brought one of the things that it read like another aspect that they didn't. There should have been constantly like they they had the poems randomly like right. when you see me climb like random shit like that but it's like it should have had a, a constant thing that happens right where, like right see well and another one that i'll bring up that's actually that same exact thing they they go looking for so they get away from the guys on motorcycles right and now yeah. they gotta go rise darby told them they gotta go find this missing piece quote unquote right mm-hmm. So they think, because the map, their map is ripped, they think, okay, we got to go find the missing piece of the map. They go to find it. When they do, it's not a piece of paper. It's a an note elephant. with an elephant piece, right? Yeah. And they're like, oh, this is the missing piece. The, a game, it was a game piece. Yeah. From Jumanji. And I was like, boom. That, Who that's was the really, elephant? I don't remember, but I think it was Alan, honestly. Yeah, someone was the out, but there was a missing piece. It was definitely there was a missing piece in the original movie, which I didn't even think it took. That's the, that, it was Alan um, because remember that's why the it, the very beginning of the game in the first Jumanji they start to play and they're like, oh, there's a piece missing. It was the same thing as why there was a character they couldn't select. That was so Alan was the elephant. Mm-hmm. It felt like there was a big, huge missing piece in this movie, and it was everything like up until that point, I was on board with that, and then all of a sudden they they find. Uh, fucking Jonas brother, right? And yeah, Jonas. and and they're like, oh, okay. And they learn about. And then I go, they're like, oh, you're the missing piece. Like you're the thing we needed because we all have a power. We need all five of our powers. Okay, yeah. I get all that shit. But I was like, but like, what what was the deal with the fucking elephant then? Like even at the end, none of that. Like the they, they didn't make sense what they do. Oh no, I know you what know? the elephant was. What? Uh, Kevin Hart is. Supposed to stop the elephant and climb him. Oh right, right. So what he was stopped that, like, him and then he climbed the elephant. Right. When you see me climb, and he climbed. Oh, the elephant. good so point. That was the, yeah, yeah, yeah. They kept on misinterpreting that. Right. Um. The yeah, they said that he's the missing piece that they needed. Um. What was it that I, I wanted to say that to compare the two films? Oh, I mean, there's so many classic things from the first movie. Like, I get that they don't want to do, like, nostalgia porn, but that's essentially what the whole fucking point of the movie is. So, where are the really over-the-top intelligent monkeys? Right. There was where, where's the stampedes? Where Where are the animals in the, this movie? They had the alligators, but for, like, one little scene where they yep. just had to walk over something and don't get eaten. But, and like, the, the alligator hippos. was a huge mm-hmm. point. Well, another thing... I really like way better about the first movie is how just the idea that they're playing this game and obviously their house, the world around them is now starting to be altered by it, but they can't just stop. Like they have they're to get it over right. With. So it's like they, this in the, the scene where like the fucking monsoon happens for instance, and then yeah. they have to find, keep the game together, find a place where they can keep playing. So yeah. like that part of the movie builds you, it, it's like how chase scenes, like uh, if you go back to a, you know, a film that has nothing to do with either of these films, but if you look at a movie like The French Connection or um, or Bullet that are built around car chase scenes, that's yeah. what keeps the movie going is that there's always this feeling that like the that they're being chased or chasing something. This movie it was just kind of like, okay, 
They just have to play through the game. And even like when The Rock's like, this is the final level, I was like, so this is a game that is like three levels? <laughs> like, yeah. what the fuck? Uh, there was a couple things that I, I would say that they, they completely glossed over. Like uh, the pilot, the, the kid, um, his whole thing was that he, he feels like he's only been there a few months. Yep. But he's been there 20 years. So when they feel like they've been there for a day or two, why is it that they're they're back in the real world the next day after? Yeah. They kind of explain that. Well, with, they, yeah, they what, do. But it's but it's like that just didn't make any sense. Yeah, the like time, why didn't they? Why did, I don't know. I don't why, know yeah, don't why wasn't it's their whatever. why wasn't their time as fucked up? I mean, that's but that's the thing because of what happens at the end, it could have been. Yeah, you know, it didn't matter. But um, so like, the, what's his face? Jonas Brothers been waiting there. He couldn't get past the level. Like I said, they are like, you're the missing piece. They escape from this place in a helicopter and actually a really, probably the, the, one of the best action scenes in the movie where like they're being chased by a fucking rhino mm-hmm. in, you know, through a, uh, a canyon and like the rock has to climb up and attach this piece at the last second so they can fly up before crashing. So like, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And then the dumbest, it's followed by immediately by something that I thought was so dumb. And again, if, maybe if I went back and watched it, I would have seen when this happened. But, like, they're flying away, and fucking Kevin Hart's just like, uh, guys, guys. They're all, like, celebrating. He's like, guys, I, I dropped the stone. And I was like, when? Like, I saw the, there was a moment where he, like, f- almost falls out and, like, jostles around. But I was like, you don't see. They didn't, like, just put a shot where you see it fall, which is all they yeah. needed to do. And then, so at first I was like, is he just like kidding around or something? But no, they have to go back. So they turn around and now the rhinos are circling it. So the rock fucking is like, sorry, buddy. And throws Kevin Hart so that the rhinos chase him. They get the thing. And then he does this crazy move where as Kevin Hart's falling from the sky. He makes the the pilot. Yeah, he tells the pilot, turn the thing at the last second. And he falls through the center of the helicopter. The rock grabs him and saves him. Yeah. And I was just like, that was sick, but that was so convoluted that why they had to do all that shit. Like, how did it, how did nothing else fall out of the backpack? When did it fall out of the backpack? Like, what are you doing, movie? Yeah. But so, they, they continue on their merry way, and they get to this last level, and it's like this pathway. And there's all these uh, jaguars on it that... Uh, and it's like lit down the way with torches, and the rock tries to go down it by like going through the trees and ends up getting killed. And so now he's scared because he has one, like they, I'm pretty sure they all at that point have one or at least only two lives left. But I think they all have uh, one. Everybody but Jack Black, Bethany has one life. She has two. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, well, cause they land and then fucking immediately the pilot gets stung by a mosquito and his last life is draining away, and she gives him one of hers. This is what, what, yeah. So that was really cool. And the other thing that they manipulated the lives thing with was the scene where the rock had to put in the stone. Right. Uh, the nebula. I don't know. Karen, Her, yeah. The Ruby. Roundhouse. Ruby, Ruby. Roundhouse. <laughs> she, her, her weakness is venom. And she's standing in a whole bunch of snakes, and she has two lives. And she's holding the stone, and the bad guy's like, give me the stone. She was like, I don't think so. My weakness is venom. And she like quickly moves so that one of the snakes will bite her. And then she falls from the sky and the rock drives around the motorcycle and catches her. And he drives up the fucking mountain on the motorcycle, jumps off the motorcycle, grabs a fucking 
vine and like Tarzan swings out around the statue, catches her, like basically catches her in the air almost with the, like like they like hand the stone off and he fucking lands like he's fucking Superman on the ground and jams the stone in the eye. Like it is yeah. so well put together. The action scenes are fantastic. I mean, this is a big budget movie, so the yeah. CGI is wicked good. Um, and because uh, yeah, like we mentioned earlier too, before that there was a scene where Kevin Hart realizes that he can control animals, and I was like, this happened way too late in the movie. Oh yeah, that he really figured this part out. Um. And yeah, he rides an elephant up, and they have this final battle. And he jam, like we said, he jams the thing and the the rock and the eye, and they're all standing there, like, Whoa, like, and everything, nothing's happened so far. Like, what the hell? Because and they said multiple times. I know. How stupid. Stone, return the stone to the jaguar and call out the game's yep. name. Call out the yep. So why would they it's, all hesitate? It, yeah, it was like save, do? save do Jumanji, now? then call out its name. Yeah. So obvious. So just yell out Jumanji. Yep. And then, they, like, one person was like, we're supposed to yell Jumanji, whoever said it. Right. Hey, should we yell Jumanji? And it's like, then everybody starts yelling Jumanji. And yep. Then... And then Rise Darby shows up, and they all start to leave. Yeah. And Shake also, hands. well, because also uh, there's two romantic things, or whatever, you know, d- developments that pop up during this. One is that Jack Black girl... And Bethany. Bethany and the pilot sort of kind of. There's a little bit of a. Yeah. Vibe. He's having a. He's like, he says that she's really nice right. and everything, but she clearly has a crush on him. Right. And, but like you mentioned too, like they also know that, he, like, they find out because of his uh, vernacular, all the. He says, getting jiggy with it and stuff like that, that he's from 96. Yeah. And so, it, yeah, it's kind of a weird thing going on between them. But then you also have a budding relationship between Ruby Roundhouse and, and The Rock, or Spencer and, and the nerdy girl. And uh, they, like, they share, like, the worst kiss maybe ever um, put on screen. Yeah, and then they laugh about it because yeah. neither of them's ever kissed anybody. And they're like, oh, don't worry. Like, uh, and um, so at the very end, everybody has gone one by one except for those two. And he, like, grabs her. He's like, wait, we could stay here. Because one of his powers that he gets is confidence mm-hmm. and and uh, bravery, yep. which he doesn't think he'll have in the real world. And then, ironically, when they do shake uh, Rice's hand to leave, um, he ends up back in the real world going, like, a few days without hitting her up. Right, right. <laughs> he really does kind of yep. become a pussy yep. again. Um, and they... But also, his other—they've all become like good friends now, obviously, because yeah. this experience. They Bethany went too, and they're his. The she other, wants to yeah. go on a, yep. on a giant safari yep. type thing, and they all like hang out, and it, they're walking to school, the three of them, and they're like, "Just go, man!" And he sees her, and he goes to her, and he fucking suavely kisses her. Yeah, he lays one on her, and you're like, "Good job, buddy!" But it's not over yet because, like you mentioned earlier, there was one more emotional scene where I teared up. Got yeah, me. this was this it is really cool how they did this. Got me. It's making me. I just got a shiver even thinking about it. They see the freak house, which the is freak what they house. call. Okay, so in the beginning, yeah. the the freak house is where this like crazy guy lives, and it's just like this rundown, beat down house, and that's because uh, what they I thought was obvious. They didn't because it looked like the same house. Yeah, me too. Um, 
was that it was uh, the pilot's original house, Nick Jonas's, uh, the you know, the right. real world version of him lived in that house. Right, and the creepy guy was his dad. So they're walking, and they look, and they go, what's wrong? What's up with the freak house? And the freak house looks like a normal house, and then it's like, oh, you, oh, that's the house from the beginning right. of the movie. And then the um, car pulls up, and you hear a guy saying, like, hey, Dad, can you give me a hand? And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I was just, I literally said aloud, I was like, he, he went back. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, that's fucking beautiful. So... He's Kevin's rambling a little bit. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> he's, he's all right. So what ends up happening is they walk up, they see the freak house. It looks normal. A car pulls up, and a uh, <laughs> nine inch nails T-shirt or something. I forget. He's wearing something oh. like that. Uh, whoever it is, uh, is is it Metallica? Yeah, I don't know. It might. It be doesn't Metallica. matter. It's something it's, like that. Colin Hanks steps yep. out of the car. Colin Hanks is the adult version of this kid that got sucked in the game in 96. Yep. He was returned home to his actual time. So he was returned back in 96. Mm-hmm. He lives an entire life. He got married. He has kids. Yep. And walks up to them. And so she's really, really happy for him. Bethany, instead of being upset that he's obviously a grown-ass man now uh, in his mid-30s right. with like a family and, and the freak house man is the grandfather of these kids. Uh, she... she if you remember, we said earlier she gave up one of her lives to mm-hmm. save him because his last life he got bit by a mosquito. Like he was about to All blow right. up and die, uh, and so she gave him like CPR, and and one of her lives went to him. So the the daughter that he has, he named her Bethany. Yeah. Yeah, well, After he's the like, girl that saved his life. He does it all dramatic, too, because he's like, they're like, he has one of the kids who's a baby with him, and he's like, oh, this is my daughter, so-and-so. Yeah. And they're like, oh. And he goes, and... Uh, my other daughter's like not here, but we named my first daughter at Bethany yeah. after the girl who saved my life, and it's it's it was well done. I yeah, it sounds it corny when we're saying it, but it was like such like a, a yeah. nice. It was the only time, part of the movie where I was like, oh, yeah, and that was Col- really sweet. I Colin like Hanks really makes the most of his two minutes of screen time. Yeah, he's even. like one of the most memorable parts yeah. of the movie, and he's in it for literally yep. a minute and a half. And so it seems like everything's gonna be fine and great, but. It certainly was no original Jumanji. Yeah, here's what I want to actually ask. I didn't stick around for after the credits. Anything? Did you look up anything? No. Did you, Is there I, an after credits? I don't know. Sequence? I have no, no idea. I don't. I have no idea. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to make it into a series. Honestly, they make everything into a series now. We're gonna find out right now, live on this day. live on the podcast. I don't even know. Honestly, I don't even know how much money. Like I, I assume the film did pretty good. It got it got pretty good reviews. I mean, it's got oh, it did really well. Yeah, yeah, it it's good. got a seventy six on Rotten Tomatoes. It was certified fresh. Mm-hmm. Ninety two percent liked it overall. So, it definitely, it definitely, all right. It definitely was not a bad movie. But comparing it We're, to Jumanji, we don't want to get no, I'm not. I'm not going to get that far into it. I'm just saying, in comparison to the original Jumanji, it didn't come close. Um, I kind of wished I had watched the original Jumanji. But I didn't want to compare it too much uh, to this film because I probably would have just said this film was a piece of shit. Uh, there is something at the end of the credits. Oh, yeah. Um, this movie made a shitload of money, dude. It says, all that said, there technically is something at the end of the credits. It's just not a scene, per se. Somewhat in the tradition of it which had a brief audio clip of floating children singing Oranges and Lemons and Pennywise laughing, teasing his return for Chapter 2. In the very last moments of Jumanji, you can hear the drums of the game playing, possibly hinting that it will be back after all. Right. 
So probably no. They probably just threw in a sound clip because that's how that's well, the people movie. Yes, and because they know so many people wait now. But here's the other thing. Do you know how much this movie cost? I'm probably assuming a lot. Well, it says I hate when they do this, but it says between ninety and one hundred and fifty million. So mm-hmm. let's just go with it. Let's just say they spent one hundred and fifty million. Do you know how much money it made? No. Nine hundred and sixty-two million dollars. Well, that makes sense as to why Jumanji three will be out next year. They're already done filming this. Oh Jesus! Jumanji three has a release date. Well, that means we're <laughs> um, gonna have to see it and uh, do a little. Do a li- we're gonna have to do a Jumanji breakdown. <laughs> yeah, day. it says that there's a release date, but the, then it doesn't tell me the release date. Well, Whatever, who cares? There you go. There's Irregardless, a December 13th, 2019, directed by Jake Kasdan. Uh, the screenplay is by Scott Rosenberg and Jeff Pinkner. Wow. Just so you know, it's coming back. Okay. Well, that was Jumanji then. Yeah. So now it's time to uh, decide which of these three films is better with our verdicts. Shine this up real nice, Jabroni. And I know just where to stick it, Ron. What's your name? It doesn't matter what my name is. Rock smells what you're cooking. Pancakes, Rock! Pancakes! Lay the smack down in the kitchen, the loading dock, even the boiler room. Plus storylines and special guest referees. Everything inside the ring and almost anything out. WWF Smackdown. Rated T for Team Jabroni. Hey, Hulkamaniacs, you proved to the Hulkster that you're a true Hulkamaniac by renting my new movie, Suburban Commando, one of the greatest movies the Hulkster's ever appeared in. Now I'm going to tell you about another big hit, the Hulk Hogan WWF Wrestling Challenge Game. By dialing 1-900-454-HULK, you can hear my daily power pack messages, giving you the latest scoops on the WWF. Plus, you can play my Hulk Hogan WWF Wrestling Challenge Game, where I'll be your manager for the match of your life as you wrestle against the biggest and the baddest dudes in the WWF, like Ric Flair and The Undertaker and others. You could win and be eligible for a drawing for a great prize, including a grand prize, an all-expense-paid trip to meet me in person. Remember, the cost of the call is $1.49 for the first minute and $0.99 for each additional minute. If you're under 18, make sure you have your mom or your dad's permission before calling. What you gonna do when Suburban Commando and then Hulk Hogan WWF Wrestling Challenge game run wild on you? Okay, so uh, let's get this verdict thing tightened up uh, a little different. All right. What we gotta do is uh, you're gonna say what movie is better, straight up. <gasps> then. You can give an explanation and, break it down. and give your rankings and everything because we kind of spoil what movie is better every single time by giving it a score yeah, first. True. Uh, I'm well, also going to stop making noises because <laughs> I'm not that clever to do this every week. And, you need to come up with a new noise. Yeah, and this week I'm not. I didn't smoke. I usually am very high for these. Uh, <laughs> and so I think they're hilarious when they happen. And then I awkwardly listen to them later. I'm like, that was stupid. I... And I'm just going to just give it a, a All right. I'm not even going to give it a score. I'm just going to rank them in order All right, after so I say which movie is better. Let, let's do this then. Mm-hmm. Instead of us sitting here and going, all right, well, you go first, you go first. Right now, mm-hmm. we're both going to take 10 seconds, count to 10, and we're going to decide. We're not, we'll cut it. but And we're going to decide in our heads which one's better mm-hmm. and then say it one, two. And then we'll get into everything else. You don't have to cut any of this. Okay, I'll leave it all. We're, we're winging it. The, we're winging, the fans can hear us winging, winging it. We're winging and dangin' it. 
We're just winging right, it. So ready? You ready? <laughs> All right, ready? We're not winging it, digging. Right. We're just winging ten, it. Ten seconds. Ready? I'm not counting. I don't know if he's counting his head, but I am. Okay, I know. Are you ready? Ten. Jumanji. Suburban Commando. Fuck off. I'm just kidding. It's Jumanji. <laughs> There's no way. Yeah, Jumanji was definitely the best movie. That, yeah. This is not. This is actually what I feel. This movie was not only the better of the three movies as a movie in general. It was a good movie. Yeah. I thought it was going to be dog shit. Oh, yeah. Like, even I though... I thought all three of them... Uh, Suburban Commando is a lot worse than I remember it being. Okay. Um, but it, because I have nostalgia mm. goggles on, I'm still going to love it. I'll watch it again. I don't give a rat's ass. Oh, hell yeah. Um, with Jumanji, I was just like, eh, it's going to be terrible. I didn't even bother with reviews. I didn't care. I just was like, it's going to be dog shit. I don't need somebody to tell me that. Um, and specifically because I'm... I, I'm so against people who, who, who shit on remakes and reboots and, and, and sequels in the future. Like, they're never... They, Hollywood needs to be original and stop making it. First of all, everything that is created is something else at this point. Well, and the problem with when people say that is they don't realize that, like, it's like, oh, everything has to be original. I mean, do you like Blade Runner? Do you like right? any of Stanley Kubrick's movies? Because the, they were all based on books. Like, right. You the, know, newer, and, the newer Blade Runner was fucking right. amazing. Right. Uh, Evil Dead 2 was the best Evil Dead. Hell yes. Terminator 2 was the best Terminator. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I don't know if you people at home disagree with that. Um, I, I would say I think, I think, the Evil Dead remake as an actual, just a film, if we're talking from an art house perspective and a great cinematic thing, the Evil Dead remake was the best Evil Dead. So Dark Knight was better than Batman Begins. Yeah. I, I think Batman Returns was better than Batman. Oh, definitely. I, I mean, think, come on. So, I, so, so, don't shit on sequels. First of all, remakes and reboots and 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 reinventing stuff. It works out all the time. Right. Homecoming, whether you like it or not, was the best Spider-Man movie. Fuck you, Tobey Maguire. It was dog shit. Second of all, I'm gonna. So many people heard that yeah. and turned this off and decided they're never. They're gonna go rate us one star. <laughs> <laughs> first of all, those movies were bad. Spider-Man Three was awful. And the Amazing Spider-Man movies were not good at all. All right. I am going to disagree with one thing. You're going to say Spider-Man 3? I dare no, you to say Spider-Man 3 is a good movie. I'm not going to say it's a good movie. Okay. I am going to say, though, Spider-Man 3 is maybe the greatest act of terrorism by a director on his own movie. Oh, it was he did it on purpose. Sam right? Raimi yeah. wanted out of the Spider-Man franchise and gave them the perfect reason by making an utterly ridiculous film... I don't think it's a good movie. I do enjoy watching it more than the other two Tobey Maguire movies. I don't. I think Spider-Man 2 is a, is a pretty good oh, movie. I mean, Spider-Man 2 is the best of the three, but I enjoy watching... I would say I enjoy watching 3 just as much for yeah. a totally opposite reason of why I like 2, you know? <laughs> because I'm just like, what the fuck is he doing? He's, he's so obviously ruining the film. But we're not talking about Spider-Man. Yeah, so we're anyways, we're just talking about, about reboots and sequels yeah. and remakes. Don't shit on them. Enjoy them. That out of the way... Uh, I did, in my own head, fall victim to that mentality of, Robin Williams isn't even with us anymore. How fucking dare you? Right. And I'm not mad. Because it, it, it did, and it honored him at one point, the Alan uh, Parrish thing, but it's like, it was just like its own, in its own right, a movie. Right. It, it didn't need the original. They didn't even need to do that. They could have made a, just a new movie, a reboot, if you will. Uh, but this was fucking. It was it was perfectly done the way they did it. Right. I I would agree with any critic that said that it was. It's not the greatest film, 
but it's a great film. I think it's also who it's aimed at. It's not, like, you're not going to... You're making a movie that's probably going to be seen primarily by, like, teenagers, middle schoolers, high schooler kids. And so you're not going to have as much uh, need for the same sort of creative flair that you're going to find in movies that, you know, people consider art or something. But that does not mean it isn't that this... I got another one. Toy Story 3 is the best Toy Story. Okay, yeah. I agree with that. Though, (laughs) though, that one still, I think one gives it a run for its money, but three is amazing. But in, in any series like this, it's also, I think, contingent on how related the two movies are. And the fact that Jumanji came out in, like, 1995, and this movie came out now, even though they did a really good way of bridging that, and they, they called that out, like, in the film, it, it, it was missing a little bit of what, as we spoke of when we were talking about it, of what made Jumanji really great. Yeah. However, that doesn't really matter when I'm comparing it with The Chaperone or oh. Suburban Commando. Now, I will say, in defense of both this, the other two movies, they're not terrible movies. They're just not on the same level as this movie. This movie obviously had a much bigger budget. Yeah. I wouldn't even say just the budget. I think there was a lot more thought that went into this. Yes, definitely. Um, Suburban Commando is definitely the the type of movie from, you know, the mid-80s to the mid-90s where they were just trying to catch the next wave. It was was in the sense of, like, you had uh, Gremlins and, and, and Critters. And stuff like that, but then you would have that weird ass movie where uh, Homeboy from from uh, American Idol or Bald. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What the hell's yeah, his name? Yeah. He he was on the, the, with the briefcases, the reality show. Oh my god, against the M. He played he's he's the so voice of Bobby. Annoying. Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel. Yeah, he played a, a, a character that was like a blue monster in the movie with the kid from Wonder Years, mm-hmm. uh, the older Fred Savage. Yep, yep. Um. That was one of those movies. Like, that was, like, one of those weird things where they tried to, like, kind of ride the wave of all this weirdness that was right. succeeding. And I think that Suburban Commando was one of those. By, like, the random reggae song and, like, the mm. random rap opening beat. And just, I don't it, it's just trying to capitalize on that weird right. trend. And also, I think, you know, capitalizing on... I mean, for lack of any other word to describe it, Hulkamania. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hulk Hogan was a gigantic... It was wanted wild, brother! Exactly. He was a gigantic superstar at that time. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, the movie... This movie was not a critical success. And neither... It had a video game. It did have a video game. But someone... <laughs> I forget <laughs> who it was. So if you're listening to this and it was you, here's your shout-out. I forget which one of you it was. Someone on the group mentioned that it looked like, and I think they're right... That the game was, um, it looked more like it was a game that, that they had made and then slapped the, the, the you know, logo on it, basically. Because yeah. the game is a space shooter. It's like a 2D side-scrolling, like, you know, Harrier shooter. Yeah. That lacks none of the story or anything <laughs> from, of any Commander from the You're movie. You're just shooting aliens in space. But, uh, um... I, I, I'm pretty much, my picking was just the fact that it's like, my my nostalgia glasses are on for Suburban Commando, yeah. but it is genuinely just a bad movie. And like you said earlier, I, I don't think I necessarily picked The Chaperone just to troll you. 
I did not think the chaperone was going to win by any means this week. But I do think that it's actually one of the better WWE Studios movie, and I wanted to cover a WWE Studios movie. Um, and we've both already... You saw The Marine, correct, with Cena? Yeah. Yeah, we've both already seen The Marine, and that's really the only other one that I would want to put up because I think that's probably the only other one I've seen, other than No Hope Bar. I, I, love, I loved in that movie the scene where the bad guy from Terminator 2 oh my God, yeah. uh, is driving the car, and the yeah. guy in the back seat sees John Cena is still alive after his helicopter crashes, and he's running after them. He goes, wow, this guy's like the Terminator. And then so the guy from Terminator looks in the mirror and it plays his theme music from yep, the Terminator exactly. movie. Exactly, yeah. Ro- Robert <laughs> like, no, pa- fucking, come on. Yeah, Robert Patrick. The great Robert Patrick. So, also X-Files, but anyway. Yes. Uh, so, uh, that's it. So, the, the, yeah. I, I'm not going to... If I were to put them in order of genuinely better movies, I would actually put Chaperone above... Uh, yeah, actually, me too. Above Suburban above Commando. Suburban. I think it would go yeah. Jumanji's the better one, then Chaperone, then Suburban yeah, Commando. same here. If I was going to grade him, which I always do, I would say Jumanji... Well, I'll go the other way. Uh, Suburban Commando would be like a 70. Mm-hmm. Um... Uh, Chaperone would be like a 75 and Jumanji would be like 80. Um, you know, I think the Jumanji one is a little generous. I would say like 75, but then everything yeah, else yeah. I think you were very generous on. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, those movies are definitely failing grades for me. Uh, yeah, well, and I mean, I, I'll defend Suburban Commando also from the view of I, I really like camp and bad movies. And so both the Chaperone and, and Suburban Commando really fit in that. And Jumanji, not so much, but it it's such a superior movie, I can definitely say that. So I might even say, if I was going to scale it that way, I'd be like, okay, so then Jumanji's like an 85. You know, it's that much, it, I could see it being that much higher above. But the other two films are watchable, is about the best way I could put it. And if yeah, you like... they're watchable if you have to watch them for a podcast yeah. about movies. Yeah. And and no other reason. Exactly. Don't lie to the listeners. Don't you don't need to watch either. No, of no, movies. no, 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 no. Not I'm not very good. And it's funny, even though I just said I'd put, I'd actually think if you were gonna watch either of the other two movies that aren't Jumanji, I would actually say watch Suburban Commando because it's more, especially if you like want to like have a couple drinks, smoke a couple joints, yeah. and laugh at how stupid a movie is. Suburban Commando is that type of movie. Chaperone is kind of like if you have a teenage daughter. And you and you're a dad who wants to watch a crime movie with your teenage daughter. Mm-hmm. Chaperone has just been completely, perfectly, specially made for you for that there small demographic. All right. So That's now that it. we are done with uh, the verdicts and the the listeners win. Yes. They yet again. Finally. This is the second time. Is the second time? No. Yeah, they won last week. No, they didn't. Who won last week? What was last week? I don't remember, but you won. We're two and two, so they they are now now it's two two one. All right. I failed them in the coin toss for that one time. And last uh, week, yeah, last week you won, Boy and the Beast. Right. So what I want to do is I want to do a few things now that the verdict is out of the way. I want to mention, first of all, uh, next week's episode um, is about zombies. Zombies. The movies have already been selected. Um, you can join the group. Yeah. Or, like... Anything of ours on social media at my movies better, or you could do both, which we'd love. We would if appreciate if you do all of it, and 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 please, if you don't even use iTunes or or podcasts, whatever Apple Podcasts, go on there anyway and, and rate and review there. Yeah. 
because that that helps us more than than anything else. The listens are great, and the yep. feedback is awesome. But that's a, that's for some reason is a big deal uh, in the podcasting world. Yeah, that's so how, it's how you get advertisers. Exactly, we could, show them that people listen. We might be able to use that exactly, um, and we would love if you could help us. So, so the other thing is, uh, in that group, we will be recording an episode tomorrow. It's a bonus episode for They Live. So. It, Two things about that. First of all, They Live, we decided, because it's like one of the greatest uh, movies starring uh, a wrestler in the lead, it is uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, who you guys might have heard me say on multiple different podcasts, he's my favorite yep. uh, guy on the mic ever. Um, <laughs> so he's great. Uh, it's a great movie. So this came about because everybody really wanted to go you know, hear us talk about They Live, and we were like, well, we already saw it. Right. So we have now just... The chains are off for the listeners. From now on, you guys pick a movie as a group, uh, and and that's the movie we're going to watch, even if we've both seen it or neither of us seen it. doesn't right. matter. Chains are loosened. Right. And so keep this in mind while you're thinking about it. We're not going to throw up a poll yet, obviously, but we are going to be doing, after Zombie, we're going to be doing Aliens. Yes. So th- keep in mind any of your favorite movies that are you know they don't have to be a halloween movie but something you'd watch in the month of october that have to do with aliens yeah so uh that's the other thing i wanted to get into is that october is hell month We are going to be doing horror movies all month, and they are not just horror movies, but of the horror uh, genre-esque. Yep. For instance, for the zombie one, I picked a movie that is, I'm not going to tell you what it is, you can go to the group and find out. It's like a love story, but it's about zombies. So, I mean, clearly that's not a horror movie. Right. It's just in the vein of one. Right. Uh, So, another thing. Uh, because we have a Facebook group and we want you to be a part of the Facebook group, I'm going to read some things from the Facebook group. Alright. So I'm going to throw out some things. Uh, Ryan Parker wants to know, he said, I bought Solo. Sallow. No, he said he bought Solo. Oh, Solo. Oh, okay, that was a different Sorry. That was a different <laughs> comment from nope. a different thing. He said, I bought Solo, which is the Han Solo Han Solo movie. Solo movie. With, sorry, I got to cut in real hard. With one of the worst titles ever, I hate how it's Han Solo, a Star Wars story. It's like too much. It's, it's so dumb. Yeah, I don't like the a Star just Wars story. Sto- just call it Solo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he wrote, I bought Solo. Mm-hmm. Am I garbage? I... Uh, Yes, you are. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't see why you... I haven't actually seen the movie. I don't... See, I, I, I want to. I just... I don't see why you'd be garbage for buying the movie. Um, I'm going to be real. I had no interest in seeing this in theaters. Mm-hmm. I was waiting Same. for it for this specific reason. I will probably rent it, but I'm not judging you for buying it. Yeah, no. Uh, no do way. whatever you want to do with your money, man. I don't fucking know. And also, Ryan Parker is The Ryan, just so you the know. Ryan. His name is The Ryan. Okay. Uh, for any of you wrestling nerds listening to this that know us through wrestling, I had a f- joking gimmick thing called JSPW, which mm-hmm. was like this weird, you shoot promos and I would write the story for the promos. Uh, people want to know, where was that going? Where it was going was The Ryan was going to win the Jabroni Rumble and The Ryan was going to main event Jabroni Mania. Oh my god. Yeah, just so you know. The Ryan <laughs> was the, the secret... Wild card. You guys fucked that all up. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you guys didn't fuck it up. Yeah, I just, it was became work, and it's not supposed exactly. to be. Um, 
So uh, Matt Dow wants to let us know that one of the greatest cult classics from the late 80s is The Gate. Came out the year I was born, 1987. Yeah, I've seen it. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't... I don't know if I'd call it a cult classic, but it's definitely like like not that it is it doesn't deserve to be called. I mean, I would consider it one. It just I don't think it's got that status. It doesn't really have a cult. Yeah, yeah, which is yeah. sad because it, and it's, it well, should part be. of being a cult classic means having a cultural influence post right existence right. right. Which I don't know if it did. Maybe it does. I have no I idea. Th- I mean, it has it has one, but it's much smaller than what normal. You know, it's it gets left out of a lot of discussions of like cult movies and I think it should be up there so yeah. um, so this is my favorite thing is mm. uh, Tyler Freeman uh, someone we've known for a while asked the question out of the Nolan trilogy which Batman film is superior and I'm going to read off the poll results okay. and I'm going to publicly shame two of my favorite people alright go ahead so The Dark Knight Rises got one vote from that by one bad. of my favorite film uh, buffs is Matt Judd. He's awesome. He's He talks about... He's genuinely like, it's geeks out about stuff and it doesn't make you think, what a nerd. It makes mm-hmm. you think, this kid's so fucking cool. With what he knows and stuff, he's also, I'm pretty sure, very into Metal Gear, so you might want to talk about nice. that. Um, he voted for Dark Knight Rises. Uh, he's the oh, one vote. Okay, <laughs> Second. I gotta say about that movie, I, mm-hmm. went, I saw it in theaters and it was literally like a week after the Aurora shooting, not to like to get into that, but and I was in the theater, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm watching this fucking movie. And in one of the scenes that was like super like quiet and dramatic, I just started laughing out loud because I was like, this movie is so fucking bad. I was like, I cannot believe Christopher <laughs> Nolan put this movie out after yeah. the movie, after the second movie. I will say, in all honesty, that I do not think it is as bad as you're making it out to be. I think it's terrible. I think it was a pretty decent movie. Um, I couldn't get over... Bane's voice? Bane's voice. I thought so. I couldn't get over the amount of stupid, silly plot holes, and I couldn't get over the fact that Bruce Wayne just, like, stopped being the character that he was for the first two movies for no reason. Like, it just... The whole thing was, like, an attempt to remake maybe the greatest Batman story of all time, The Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller, Mm -hmm. and it was so like ham-fistedly done yeah. that I just uh, hated that movie. I've never seen it again. <laughs> I've never wanted to. And I'm a huge fan of the first two movies. Um, it's pretty... It's it's good. It's not great. No. Which is not, what Dark Knight is. It's not Matrix Revolutions. Um, I'm not going to publicly shame this person, I guess. I'm publicly shaming Judd because The Dark Knight Rises is definitely not the best. It's the least good one. Batman Begins doesn't get the credit. A lot of people don't even know. For some reason, this is still a thing. People who, like, rant and rave about how awesome Heath Ledger was as the Joker and all these, like, fanboys and fangirls of it are like, oh, The Dark Knight 2 wasn't as good as The Dark Knight. It's like, it's not The Dark Knight 2. It's Batman Begins 3. Batman Begins is the movie that you guys apparently don't realize exists and had probably one of the best villains. He wasn't good in the movies. But Scarecrow is one of the best Batman villains. I, I didn't like... I'll say this much. I didn't like The Dark Knight when I saw it in theaters. Wow. I obviously thought Heath Ledger did a great job. Mm-hmm. I thought that overall the movie was a step up from Batman Begins in a lot of ways. It w- I didn't really like the movie until I saw the director's cut. And there, that's because it has so much more Heath Ledger that yeah. it makes the movie more watchable. I think most people aren't remembering as much from the original theatrical cut than they are from the director's cut of that film because it, the, the theatrical cut is not as good. 
and yeah. it, it leaves out a lot of what makes the character you know so memorable right um Batman Begins, I loved, but I have one huge problem with it. Now, I'm not, I'm not a Christopher Nolan guy. If we yeah. were to get more of his movies, I, I'm not a fan. I'm probably my favorite movie he did was Shutter Island. Um, and one of the things he does really poorly in the Batman movies and doesn't really figure out until at least, you know, partially through the second film and mm-hmm. really almost never is shooting combat. Or his cinematographer doesn't know how to shoot combat. Or somebody doesn't know how to edit it. Because in Batman Begins, the fight scenes are terrible. Like, they're they're so close and dark that... And I get what he's trying to go with, but he does it so much that I just remember being like, I'm like, I have no clue what's going on. There's no, like, there's no style to what he's doing. And he does that a lot in his movies. Then And then the next shots are all filled with this style and color and it's like we'll pick one chris like what are you what right, film right, are you trying right. to make you know um, but we're getting off base on totally this. totally batman begins got one vote one vote one vote i don't think i voted at all i'm pretty sure you should have no I because i don't i'm like i said i'm not if i've you're gonna ask me out of that series like obviously it's a dark knight if you're yeah. gonna ask me if out if we were gonna take all the batman movies mm-hmm. i wouldn't I'd vote for probably Returns and then maybe even Batman before I went to The Dark Knight. I th- it, Batman gets a lot of shit, but it's a really good movie. And I enjoyed it. Jack Nicholson isn't, you know, maybe it's not his greatest performance, but he brings a lot to that film. Michael Keaton, I always liked his Batman, so I, I just was a, more of a fan of those. And I, I hate Tim Burton, so remember yeah. that. So, and I actually <laughs> love those movies. <laughs> so again... Like I've been trying to say for the last five minutes. Mm. So put not uh, voted for Batman Begins. So put is also like a somebody I've known since the, the end of middle school, beginning of high school. Um, also, just like randomly recently, I think within the year, discovered his fandom of wrestling, and, <laughs> and then so then I realized how much of a nerd he is about video games right, and movies. Right. I was like, well, now me and so put are are, are kind of. He's, he's everywhere now. I'm bringing him in everything. I, I love this. Uh, and then, this is my favorite part of this. The Dark Knight Rises got one vote. Batman Begins got one vote. The Dark Knight got 32 votes. <laughs> like, buried. Like, oh, that yeah. should make you feel pretty silly voting for the other two. But I uh, see, and this is no offense to Tyler uh, or his post, but I, I, I question if that is even a fair vote with such a... I mean, to me, okay... If we're gonna do, are we done rambling on this? No, 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 we're not. This is the last thing I want to say. If we're gonna do Star Wars, shouldn't Star Wars shouldn't it really be the same thing with Empire Strikes Back? Or no, is, no exactly, exactly same thing with Raiders of the Lost Ark. I don't think that this is as good of a trilogy that you can put the three films against each other. Because first of all, you have one that is not good at all. I think. Or at least is definitely not as good as the other two. And you have two, which are much better. And then you have one in particular, yeah. which is like the most beloved and critically acclaimed of all three. It's not like with Star Wars where you have three pretty great films. Or Indiana Jones, you have three pretty great, well, not counting the later ones. But you have three pretty great Kevin films. Kevin just dropped his phone, but he has a protector on his. You have three pretty, great, <laughs> three pretty great films that you can actually make comparison with. I think Dark Knight Rises is just, it's obvious winner. Yeah. Uh, well, how do you feel about, because you put up this poll, Rocky. Oh, uh, I think it, I voted for like a bunch of them. You, don't do that. I, I know. I can, <laughs> I can do what I want. You made um, the poll. You made that, that decision to lie. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, if I were to redo that and only be able to pick one, probably, probably... 
three or five. I don't remember, three or four. Um, I, I voted Rocky. Yeah, I mean, I love the first movie. I just love the, the idea that he, first of all, it's Apollo. Second, he loses. Right. The, oh. the, the big comeback, the big story. He, he loses, but he still looks strong. Yeah. <laughs> Roman. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Nick Parker, uh, one of our favorite people on the planet, yes. uh, he wrote Confession. I enjoy and appreciate Tom Cruise. As of 2010, I saw all his movies. If you talk shit about Jerry Maguire, you are an evil person. Um, yeah, fuck you if you talk shit about Jerry Maguire. Yeah, I mean, don't, even, don't even start. If you start talking shit I'm about no, no, Jerry no, no, Maguire, no, no. this, gonna, no, this is the am, last episode of my movie. I better. am going to mention, though, that that's all well and fine. He's great as an actor and stuff, but fuck Scientology. <laughs> big time and he's like a fucking god of Scientology or some shit because yeah. he's put so much money into it and like I heard something recently about how like Katie Holmes can't like talk about anything that has to do with Scientology because of some sort of gag order legal thing that mm-hmm. they would try to take away their daughter from her forever if yep. she was like yeah Tom Cruise I don't know about Tom Cruise the human being behind the scenes I love him as an actor his Cameo in Tropic Thunder is fantastic. Obviously, the Mission Impossible movies are great popcorn fun and always have been. Yeah. Uh, the first Mission Impossible, I actually think, is a really good film. Yeah. Um, always liked that. Love how they use the Dutch angles in that fucking scene where he's, like, talking to the guy and he realizes that, like, he's surrounded by CIA agents and then fucking slams the gum bomb on the fucking fish oh, yeah. tank. Love that fucking movie. That's a great, that's a fantastic mm-hmm. Tom movie. Tom Cruise, I almost said Tom Hanks. Tom Cruise does intensity like nobody else. Yeah. I, I just love the, the yeah. fact that he's really small. <laughs> that's great. It's, like, one of my too. favorite things ever. Yeah, he's like, he's like, uh, and let's not say that, Trump, let's not... His best performance is definitely Tropic Thunder. No, 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 I said I said it's one of the best cameo. No, it's his best performance. Oh, it's oh okay. Hands nice. down, take it, take it. Okay, uh, so just a couple <laughs> things. Tim Arnold wants you guys to know that there is a trailer for Dark Phoenix available online. Um, Tyler Freeman again. He wants us to to to. He wanted to remind us that Disney put out a gem that we didn't know about called Geppetto. Yeah. Stop. Can we talk about this movie for two seconds? Real quick, here, real quick, real quick, because I don't want to waste too much breath on this. You made a really good point about this. The Mandela effect? Yeah, this is a Mandela effect thing, because I do not, A, I do not remember the movie at all, which makes sense as a TV movie, right? Blah, blah, blah. I watched Whose Line religiously for years. I have no recollection. And everybody's, everybody's saying, saying, yeah, that he, they got made, he made fun like of for it. was like a joke they always made. I remember them making jokes. I don't know if this is what they're saying. I remember them making jokes that were like, before hey, you like, want to stop for a second, like before your you, movies. Before you rant too much about mm-hmm. it, we haven't even said what it is. Oh, yeah, true. It's Geppet. <clears throat> Disney made a, a made-for-TV uh, musical movie starring Drew Carey as Geppetto, a weird, creepy kid as Pinocchio. And Julia Dreyfus of uh, Seinfeld fame mm-hmm. as the the blue fairy. Yeah, that gives the, him the, the makes him a real boy. Hand him over. Daddy, please don't make me go with him. Don't worry, Pinocchio, you're not going anywhere. You can't have him. I have a contract. Isn't there anything else I can offer you? No. You can take anything. No. Take everything. N- everything. You can take my favorite chair Go on, take it I don't care There's no possession I can't spare 
since I gave my heart away. I'm sorry, but a contract's a contract. If I had a bank Um, did you read the plot synopsis? For no, I'm not going movie? to either. I don't give a rat's ass. I'll give you this the is, short this is, this is what I wrote as yeah. my comment. This is some Mandela shit. Our, our realities collided, and you poor things grew up in a reality where this bullshit happened. Yeah, I this did not happen. This is not a real fucking thing. I'm apparently, sorry. Apparently it did. I'm still afraid. I literally am afraid to watch clips of it. I'm afraid I'm going like, to create another universe or something if I watch a clip on YouTube of, of the oh, shit yeah. of the movie. I don't want to. I'm not even going to watch a trailer. Um, because... um, another thing, too, is if this podcast ever gets famous enough that actors and actresses start listening to it, and they go back to our old um, catalog, and they find episode five, uh, and they just randomly are listening, and, and it's Julia Dreyfus, and you're you're hearing this. Uh, call three two three my movie, uh, and then leave us a voicemail. Um, we have a guy named Nick Parker uh, who loves you. Yeah, he doesn't just like you; he loves you. He's in love with you. And if you ever hear this for any reason, um, your husband is waiting. Yeah, <laughs> he exists. Okay, so uh, David Realig says thank you, Drew Carey. And that's uh, that's the. Well, I just, the- <laughs> I gotta mention so that people can kind of understand. I'm obviously not gonna break down the plot of this film, but mm-hmm. imagine Pinocchio, but it's told through the eyes of Geppetto, and it's more about him wanting to have a son. That's basically how this movie breaks down, and like, so it's like got all these things where it changes how something happened in the original poke. Uh, oh my god, I almost said Pokemon, Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> film uh to make it like a different circumstance to work Geppetto into the story but I just really can't imagine fucking Drew Carey doing anything that isn't playing Drew Carey yeah you know like a that's musical, always ever done even with the musical thing here here's what I have to say you started off by saying imagining but like through the eyes of Geppetto you lost me there already like I don't <laughs> I already like, don't care like what what executive like signed off on this i want to know like if i was in a business meeting and this guy was like all right all right disney execs boom got this idea hear me out what if we did a made for tv musical about the story of pinocchio but wait it's through the eyes of geppetto you would hear me off in the distance as soon as he said geppetto go and as and as you're doing that they also say and it stars drew carey and did i mention it's a musical too like as soon as they say and it stars drew carey i would literally stand up i would pick up my chair and i would throw it at the end of the table trying to hit the guy who was pitching this and then i would storm the fuck out i just want to know if it has a song that's like wooden boy or something like, like, what does he sing about and you know i don't want to know i don't ever want to hear those songs don't ever bring this back up to me it's a touchy subject I, I'm a firm believer in this. Our universes are all colliding in this weird thing based on the particle theory. Yeah. I'm just saying. Dave Grohl broke little... his leg. Excuse me? Did you hear the thing? Dave Grohl broke his leg. Yeah, he then, did break his leg. And then, like, ever since then, things have been go- getting crazier and crazier. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of weird shit going on. It's the yep. Berenstein Bears, or yeah, not Berenstein. the Berenstein. Berenstain, I think it is. Yeah, there's a obviously Mandela, which I don't remember that one. Maybe I'm too. No, I I remember. This is what's really fucking weird is that um, I had it in my head forever that that Mandela had died and then he died. Right. And I was like, well, he's already dead. I was one of those people that the whole theory is based on. I wasn't in the room, but I was like, when I when someone was like Mandela died, I was like, he's fucking bended. What the fuck are you talking about? 
<laughs> you know, the, I also no. remember. I remember the guy getting uh, ran over by the tank. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that didn't happen. One. No, that never happened. No, but well, I remember this, it very well, clearly because people <laughs> see the images leading up to it and the video leading up to the event that never happens. So in their mind, they fell in the rest, thinking, "Oh well, they wouldn't show the don't, tank." Don't dismiss up. my. This, this is real. No, I think it is real. Dude. <laughs> I definitely think even if it's not, even if it's not. Uh, uh, actually, a universe, a alternate universe type thing. Mm-hmm. It's still a crazy, crazy. It's a sh- like shared hallucination sort of thing. Like you, you know? mean to tell me you don't remember a movie where Sinbad was a wizard or a something, genie. a genie? A g- the I fucking remember genie seeing movie. this. Yep. Well, what they do is they're mixing a couple of different things together. There's a movie where, obviously there's the one where Sinbad is like a Secret Service agent for the president's kid. Yeah, I remember that movie. And then there's one where he's like a guy who moves into the neighborhood and has house parties next door or something. And he wore clothes that look like what Shaq is wearing in Kazam. So I think people, I think that's how it happens. They start putting together from a from afar you mm-hmm. start putting together different stories that you're attributing to this one idea and that's where it comes out of so it's like oh some other person similar to mandela died so people go well i thought that guy died like years ago because they they put those two stories together yeah. you know baron stain and baron steen is that's probably silly. because that's how our parents said Jif it versus jiffy yeah what was the uh what is this actor's name like you remember Life of Louis, the cartoon version of the Oh Louis yeah, and, Louis Anderson. When I went this is the craziest thing. It was like five years ago. I was watching the news. I was at Walnut Street Cafe in Lynn and I'm sitting there at the table waiting for my then girlfriend to get off her not a girlfriend, but whatever she wants, get off her shift. I'm sitting there and I'm watching and he's on the news. He's on some talk show type thing. Like at like Louis a, Anderson? Fox Yeah. He's like, Yeah, my dad locked me in a closet. Yeah, and and they were like so a lot of people think you're dead. And I was just like, yeah, he is dead. What the fuck is this? And they, he was like, yeah, I don't know where that came from. I never died. And he ended up being on that show with uh, Zach Galifianakis. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Louis Anderson's been dead forever. We just didn't have the internet then. So when, I mean, we did. Yeah. But it wasn't like, let me, someone says some shit. Now we just go, okay, first of all. Right, you can you know, immediately. Immediately pull up my phone and go, you're lying. You are, you are not related to Buzz Aldrin. Um, Which is why we don't need libraries anymore. Yeah. Who the, why? Yeah. Sorry. I mean, I love the smell of fresh books. No. My mom's a library. <laughs> Sorry, Mrs. Harden. Um, She's retired, so. Did you say your mom's retarded? Retired. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. What is wrong with you? First of all, that's just not, we don't say that anymore. No. <laughs> um, but, yeah. That was a really rambly ending, but I liked it. We covered a lot of interesting stuff right there. Yeah. Um, anything in the world of film that you want to address? Um. Oh, shit. There was something that I was reading about today. Uh, oh, um, I forget his name right off the top of my head, but I did want to mention uh, that the act, they, that actor from Aliens and a bunch of other B-movies. Yes, he was the away. general in, in Aliens. Correct, yeah. Uh, he just passed away, so sad week. Alien is one of my, maybe, it's one of those ones that it, on any given week might be my favorite film that day, if someone asked me. Mm-hmm. Aliens is my favorite sequel. 
maybe of all time because it's ex- so fucking over the top compared to the first movie. <laughs> it's James Cameron just being like, I'm going to James Cameron the fuck out of this shit. Yes. Uh, for me, it's the director of the new Joker movie put out an Instagram post uh, yes. uh, with a test footage of Joaquin Phoenix and they slowly start zooming in on him and then it jumps to him wearing the makeup right. all smiley and then makes like a serious face. Had, he did you know- looks exactly, he has like the Heath Ledger thing going on, pre-Scars, but has the Jeffrey, not the Jeffrey Dahmer, what's the, the, the fucking crazy? Uh, yeah, it was just John Wayne Gacy. Yeah, he has the, the Gacy yep. clown makeup. And it's it's not, obviously it's not exactly the same. But it's pictures. definitely, an, oh, it's yeah. meant to be. It has points, which clowns will tell you you never want to do points because they scare children. Mm-hmm. Um, and also it's like the combination of, I think, his eye his eye. Makeup is blue, yeah. and his lip makeup is red, and all the colorized pictures of John Wayne Gacy exactly. and clown makeup are like that. So yeah, nod to a. But he he's wearing like the exact outfit of Heath Ledger. His hair is done the same way as Heath Ledger, but different colors. And the the time, it, it almost seems like they're doing an other world type storyline of the Heath Ledger Joker, right? Uh, but be, in an earlier time frame, which would be smart because DC really is. Is, they're, they're shit in the bed. They're, yeah, they're lost and listless with these films. And they just fired Superman, so... Yeah, and here's what I have knows? to say about this. Uh, people that are at home seeing that and going, It's not Heath Ledger, stupid. First of all, grow up. It's Joaquin fucking Phoenix. Yeah. Seriously, grow up. Heath Ledger's Joker is a great character, but it's not the end-all, be-all of acting. So every time you suck his fucking dick about it, I just want you to stop doing that <laughs> out there. It's not the greatest performance of all time. By far, okay? It's up there, but And there can be other Jokers, okay? Uh, Honestly, I think the greatest film performance of all time is Joaquin Phoenix in The Master. I think that is easily... Bold. ...the best performance of any actor ever. I will say this. That's my favorite. Joaquin Phoenix... insane in that. Joaquin Phoenix is an amazing actor, and he's done some shit, too, that's bad, but all I've ever seen of The Master, because I was watched the... Nerded Nerdwriter video you told me about. Yes, guys, check out Nerdwriter. His, yeah. his username is Nerdwriter One. Uh, th- there's another person who made a video on arguing subjective versus whatever, right. uh, and they try to make him look like an asshole. He he does kind of talk very intelligently to make you think that what he's saying is fact, but he makes it very yeah. clear it's an opinion. And, he, and this the, guy does video essays yeah. on awesome shit, and they're really good. They're really smart. And they're really well put together. He spends a lot of time on him. You can tell he cares about what he's talking about. The one that he did on, uh, oh my god, what were we just talking about? The Master. Oh, yeah, right. The one that he did on The Master was fantastic, and it showed the... the um, L. Ron Hubbard right, and Scientology. Uh, what they and... call it, though, auditing. It showed the auditing process and how they ask the questions over and over again, and, and like, the, the way that he showed, uh, the director, I mean, how this mental sort of game broke down... Mm-hmm. Joaquin Phoenix and the way that Joaquin Phoenix and obviously across from another phenomenal actor, rest in peace, Philip Seymour Hoffman, but Joaquin Phoenix takes that scene over and it's just, it's like, it like, it's one of the things where I feel like I'm, first of all, Philip hmm. Seymour Hoffman forever was my favorite actor. Uh, to steal a scene from him is a pretty big deal. Uh, shout out to, he probably will never listen. Yeah. I don't know if he has the time. He's a very busy married man. Now my friend, Corey LeHue, Mm -hmm. um, he texted me, uh, when Philip Seymour Hoffman died, I didn't know he died. He texted me, hey, man, I'm really sorry about your loss. And yeah, yeah, so set me off go. because then I start calling him and he's not answering me because he's at work. And, like, and I'm freaking out. I'm like, who the fuck died? I was like about to cry. I was like freaking out. 
he was like, Philip Seymour Hoffman died. And I was like, two things about that. A, never say that to me without mentioning who the fuck you're talking right. about. Second, I appreciate you yeah, <laughs> for, yeah, like, thanks, for though, totally, for totally recognizing that Philip Seymour right. Hoffman is my guy. Right. Uh, before The Master, I would say he was my favorite. And he's in The Master, which is ironic because he's not the best part of that movie, but he was my favorite actor before that. Um, if you've never seen Capote, I was just fantastic. about to mention that. Another um, another video I saw from a different person um, talking about uh, idiolect and dialects, a dialect coach for film. Mm-hmm. He's ta- he was talking about his performance in Capote and putting it, like overlaying it with Capote himself talking oh, in yeah. real life. Holy shit. I know shit. who you're talking about. The yep. dialect coach, he did one on, um, what's her name? She played John F. Kennedy's wife. Oh, on, uh, on uh, Natalie Portman. Yeah, Natalie Portman's performance as, as, as Mrs. Uh, Kennedy. It yep. was really, like, insanely oh, on point. Exactly. Yep. If I didn't know, because I, I, I wasn't alive for that stuff. I barely watch history stuff. Right. I didn't know she sounded exactly like her, so right. that performance well, was a performance and to me. And she's kind of doing, like, it's not quite Long Island, but it has a bit of that, yeah. like, flair to it. Was it was really, really, like, when you hear the comparison, I'm like, wow, that's fucking Well, amazing. and I liked how in the video they had her, Natalie Portman, I mean, speaking first, so at first I was like, oh, this is going to be a bad one, because the way they kind of do the videos, it'll be like, here's this accent, and they show you the accent, and yeah. then he talks about it. It's like, oh, this isn't going to be a good one. And then he was like, this is really good, and played the actual Jackie Kennedy, and I was like, holy shit, she's spot on. Like, <laughs> yeah, another thing that, that also adds to like an argument I've been making for like a good five years is that Natalie Portman is one of the most underrated actors ever. Right. I well, think she's fucking phenomenal. I just think sometimes she makes poor decisions. Yeah, and she also uh, as far in, as the films that she does. She's she also in a, uh, in a... Your in Highness, a, which is awful. Yeah. She was in a series of movies which... Like, all right, I'm going to make a little statement here on, uh, on uh, what's his face there? The guy who played young Anakin. Um, not the kid, but I mean, uh, Hayden fucking Christensen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got so much shit for that. Obviously, his role was, he was terrible in that movie. Mm-hmm. However, the thing that I always come back to when I say that, I was like, yeah, so was Natalie Portman. So was Sam Jackson. So was go <laughs> yeah. down the fucking list. Basically, everybody but Ewan McGregor. And even Ewan McGregor is so... What un- are you calling it? You have such a weird thing with enunciations and, and pronouncing what? things the wrong... The, Ewan the McGregor? Emphasis on syllables. Well, how do you say Ewan? that? Ewan? Ewan? Ewan McGregor. Ewan. Ewan McGregor, right? I, I don't... Y- Ewan? 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 I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's Ewan. Ewan. It doesn't matter. It's, it's like... The, what, what I love is uh, Shia LaBeouf. This is... See, what oh, you're doing Shia is... Shia LaBeouf. What you end up doing is, is a, a, a thing with like, names and stuff like that, which is easily done, because we don't hear them say their own names often. Uh, a lot of people don't know that the girl from Lady Bird's name is Sersha. Like, you right. have to hear the song that she made up to understand her last... I mean, her name is Sersha. Um, but Shia LaBeouf does this thing. <laughs> he was doing interviews, a whole bunch of interviews, where he kept on saying epitome. Meaning he, like, instead of epitome. Oh, my. And it's like, you know that that means somebody, like, wrote this for him or told him to say this through text message. Yeah. Or he read it somewhere that such and such was the epitome. He was saying it so, like, in casual conversation. That is, like, the most embarrassing thing. As Derek Clark would say, it makes my teeth itch. I also, like, I repeat (laughs) it how I hear it. Like, for instance, to go back to when we were talking about anime last week and you were surprised when I said Akira. Well, that's just because that's how they say it in the movie. So, like, from oh, the first... I, I don't think I was surprised about that. I, I say Kara just because I... That's well, yeah, yeah, yeah. A white boy from Massachusetts and I... But so, like, yeah, if if throughout the whole movie they were they were saying it like that, 
mm-hmm. I would probably call it that. But it's just because I'm like, well, that's what they say in the movie, so it's yeah. how I would, you know. Um, in terms of like, of like, Ewan McGregor yeah. again. I just yeah, it's like I don't know how the fuck. I, that's not a name. <laughs> <laughs> like I've heard people it's like if, if I didn't hear Sersha say her name was Sersha, I'd be like, so you see, say your but the reason why I will say that that Owen McGregor, that Ewan McGregor was probably the only person who did a fantastic job or even a good job in the Star Wars prequels was how he was so on point in nailing playing Sir Alec Guinness. That's what he did. He was like, I'm just going to be Sir Alec Guinness. I need to make it seem like this is the same guy. And he nailed it. And everybody else in the movie is pretty horrible because they're dealing with George Lucas, who can't direct and should have never, ever directed a movie after he saw what Irvin Kirshner did with his movie. Because he is a he's a guy who should run from behind the scenes and put it together. But he needed a director to be like, nah, that's stupid, George. You don't know how to make a movie. You're, yeah. you know, he needed to make, if, imagine if Francis Ford Coppola made Star Wars. It would have been so different, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's all I got to say about that. Is there anything left? I, there's in the world of cinema there's plenty more i'm sure we could talk about there is there a, i mean I, I know you just saw mandy i still have not seen that yet i'm it's getting lots and lots of press though in the film world right now yeah i wrote a, a little bit of a lengthy review in the group mm. uh, again go join the group um my feelings on it were i watched it with cousin bruce and for it took a while for the action stuff to kick in yeah, I thought that was kind of lame. Honestly, it's a decently like size length movie, but the the, the wild. The, see, the thing is, if it didn't get so wild and crazy, the way it gets wild and crazy, I would say, oh, it's just the fair balance of the movie. But it definitely had way too long of like drawn out, like dramatic things. Like I can only take uh, Mandy in highlighted pink neon lights staring at me in slow motion for ten minutes at a time so much right and it was it was it was a little silly on that part so for me i was like this people are looking at this and going this is beautiful and creative and this is art and then it goes in the direction of batshit crazy and nicholas cage goes full-blown nicholas cage and and it may it just it just kind of solidifies their feelings and and gives them like i was right to say this is a great movie but here's the thing it's lazy it wasn't it wasn't creative all the, the the shit with the neon lights because we went on to, to, to watch the trailer for Beyond the Black Rainbow, which was the director's movie he did like 10 years earlier. Correct. And we watched that. We literally, I, I was like, this is the most fucking boring movie I've ever fucking seen. This movie has a lot of like weird fucked up scenes that make you go, oh my God, what am I watching? But there's so few in between. And it's almost entirely that. It's almost entirely... Uh, 80s filters and everything's in pink neon and everything is in green neon and there's brutal blood and it's like he was just he he took a 20 minute plot and he just put in a lot of cutscenes. that's all it is that is not being creative that is being lazy yeah and i i'm sorry to shit on that director but i will say just if you just gave me the action from the moment something happens with why he goes nuts and why he's killing everybody. If you started off from that moment and went forward, A+. Plus. Right. So I, I think it's a good movie. It's worth yeah. a watch. But I, I just think, think people are giving it too much credit as like a creative genius. Right. 
I think the other thing is I've I've seen Black Rainbow. I've never seen Mandy. Like I said, uh, Black Rainbow is a movie that I wasn't as into as a lot of people. I hear a lot of people say things that I thought about the movie that I thought were a little bit conflated or uh, outright just false. But a lot of people said it was a really, really great movie before I saw it. And I was like, I feel like I watched somebody who, who like is, you know, like I like Kubrick movies and tried to copy Kubrick style without any of the nuances that made Kubrick style so great. Yeah. Um, and in terms of the Nicolas Cage aspect, I also, again, I haven't seen Mandy, but I've already heard people saying stuff along the lines of this is like his most unhinged, his most Nicolas Cage. This is, I think this is one of Nicolas Cage's best crazy performances. Is it on? So it's, it's on the level of Vampire's Kiss or, uh, uh, The yes, Wicker Man. But less comedic. I mean, there's parts of it that is hilarious, but it's like. He he, it's it was like this role was like written for Nicolas Cage, like right. perfectly. And anybody that says Nicolas Cage isn't a great actor just because of all the silly things he does, uh, you haven't seen Raising Arizona. Yeah, he's oh my good god, in that. that is such that a movie. fucking. He's good. He's a good mm-hmm. actor. He just makes some poor decisions sometimes. Right. Uh, him and Samuel L. Jackson are guilty of the. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Just, that's all it is, and and I'm really glad he said yes right. to this one because uh, I think that this was made for him. And if the director had spent less time trying to make it uh, his film and make it a film for, you know, just people to like, I would have enjoyed it. I just don't care. Like, why is there pink lights everywhere? They're, they're not really there. That's just a weird directorial right. decision that didn't need to be made. Right. Well, yeah, it's enhanced. These aren't even dream sequences. No, I know. They, they I mean, were happening in real time. I've, I've heard a little bit about what's going on. I mean, isn't it referred to as like the DMT movie? Yeah, they yeah. say that it would be really good to watch on acid. I'm like, and one of the kids in the group, and this is my least favorite argument for anything. Like, if you didn't like Cuddy in the early 2000s, then you didn't smoke enough weed. If you don't like the new ASAP Rocky, then you haven't tried LSD. And if you don't like Mandy, then it's because you weren't tripping hard enough. That's a no, fucking that's stupid bullshit. argument. Yeah, I should be able to watch it sober and go, this is great. Yeah, I don't need to exactly. be on drugs to enjoy something. Cause, exactly. Because if I'm on drugs, I'm enjoying anything. Well, and <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, the they might you mean? they might enhance the experience. Like, for instance, you know, lots of people like to say a thing about, oh, you watch, you know, get fucked up and watch fu- um, almost not Futurama, a Fantasia, yeah, or something like that. But it, that's more because of it's the, the visual experience of it. Like, I want to watch a film, and it can be a crazy tripped out film like that. But like. If it doesn't have something that's worthwhile about why it's you know you're, why you're watching it, why it's being made, mm-hmm. um, I'd like to give to kind of segue out of this and into what we'll be recording next time. They Live is a great example of a film that does that subverts every single goddamn thing it can about filmmaking and makes this weird ass movie. That shouldn't by any right have worked. Mm-hmm. And it it just it checks every fucking box. It is really, really great movie. And it does a lot of the same stuff that movies like this, that movies like Mandy, or again, from what I've heard, do with the genre, but just in a way that's that's eminently watchable and is watchable for years and years and years on after yeah. that. So 
I will watch the movie, but I don't. From what I've read and from now listening to what you've said, I don't have I don't have the highest hopes for it. It's something. There's so much in this that you need to see. That's yeah. how I feel about it. Yeah, I that think that if I were to give it a score out of a hundred, if I was the Rotten Tomatoes critic, I would probably say it's a seventy-five. Okay, which is really that's a decent score. Um, I wouldn't say it's certified, right, but I would right. give it a seventy-five. That's where I think it should be. Um, but it's on like a must-see list for some of the shit that it does. And like somebody else in the group said, I think the director's on to something. He just doesn't know it. The fact that he doesn't know it means that he's not as talented. Right. Well, I'm, how not, many, I'm not taking away from it. I'm not a director. How many films has this director made? I don't. Probably those two. Yeah, but that's what I mean. It's but like that's it his gimmick now. It's ten like years. Lights, and it's like that says that's not you're not. If he doesn't realize he's onto something, then it's just fucking stupid. That's. Right. I'm sorry to be like that. I'm not. I'm not a filmmaker. I'm not a writer. And it's like walking into a restaurant and going, "This, this is you know, like a, a chef Gordon Ramsay cooking something," and I go, "Oh, it's too salty." I'm right. clearly the dickhead there. <laughs> but in this case, it's just like, sometimes I can see through the veil, and I think that this is one of those bullshit things where you're just trying to be artsy, and, and you, it, I, didn't, I didn't like that part of it. I didn't like that that was a thing. I like the cutscenes. I like the visuals. But not when I'm, it's like, why? It, like, two to three minutes too long every single time. Yeah. He filled up a lot of space. It's like uh, being a rapper and and write it, like doing like a verse on a track and the rest of the song is a bunch of stuff that you ripped off the internet and then and and sampled right. and put in throughout the song right. to fill up the track. Oh, well now we got 3 minutes. Yep. That's stupid. I'm sorry. That's not that's not being creative. That is right. genuinely just being lazy. No, There's like nothing else to describe it. It is lazy. It's the exact word you just said. It's filler and that's yeah. not what we need. Because if you need filler, then you need a better film. Yeah. I have I have too short of a life to live to deal with filler. Correct. Um, with that said, <laughs> that's it for tonight, next I week. Think. Yes. Is aliens correct? Uh, oh, zombies! Zombies is coming out, and but but aliens. aliens. So if you have any aliens movies you want to talk about, even if it's specifically aliens, mm-hmm. uh, you want us to watch. You, you go into the group right. and, and and vote, or go on our Facebook and vote, or yeah, go on our Twitter we'll, and vote. We'll probably do it the same way. You know, at the beginning. You know, we'll put up a post that says, hey, what's your favorite Alien movies? But now it's picking from all of them. Yeah. And then whatever ones get the top amount of responses and likes to, those are going to be your poll. And again, it won't matter if we've seen it or if you've seen it. We're going to watch it no matter what. So if it's Alien, we're going to watch it. If it's fucking Predator, we're going to watch it. Doesn't yep. matter. So uh, so as far as wrestling-related movies go, it could have been They Live. Uh, thankfully, you'll be getting the bonus episode. Uh, but we have decided moving forward that you guys are getting free reign to go absolutely crazy on us. Uh, so with that said, thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, be sure to call 323MyMovie and leave a voicemail or join the group and give us some questions. Okay, bye. Night. Got it.